Welcome to Back in Tunes, our special Brave Star episode. I'm Michael, your host, and... Jacob, a.k.a. Jacoby Kenobi, who was really fascinated by that opening sequence. <laughs> really? I did not think it was that great. I um, I thought it, the song kind of stunk. Considering the classic 80s themes, the animation was amazing, good like style-wise, but I thought oh, the song was yeah, a little of weak. Course. That's what got me, but uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of lame. Of I course. love the fact that it starts off with the map. <laughs> yeah. Country so, yeah, Banza. Okay. What? So, yeah, I mean, so tell, talk more about this cartoon, Michael. Oh, well, actually, first, if you have not listened to Back in Tunes, um, where have you been? And you're about 30 episodes in, but that's all right. You can catch the old episodes on our Facebook page, uh, connected to retrorocket.weebly.com for everything that we do, blogs, podcasts, and little notes and bits and pieces here and there. Um... What we do is we find the episode up on YouTube. This is on YouTube, and it's also on Hulu. And if you watch it on a computer, it's free. You don't have to pay that $7.99 a month. Yes, you have to sit through the commercials. We know this. We're sorry. Um, basically, you watch the episode while we talk. It's basically, we just kind of do a little commentary for it. So this is going to be this is the first episode called New Texas Blues. All right. Go ahead and hit play now. We'll just chit-chat till it's over. Okay. Okay, so yeah, this is definitely another filmation one, the ones uh, behind uh, uh, the Ghostbusters. Not real Ghostbusters, but the Ghostbusters with the giant talking gorilla, and I think they did another one, too. What, you mean uh, the Ghostbusters? Well, there was the live-action Ghostbusters that was in the 70s, and then it became a cartoon after the Ghostbusters movie hit it so big. It's a little confusing. Yeah, it is. In fact, you know what's funny is I never watched that Ghostbusters when it was originally on, but um, if you have, like, you know, regular TV, you can just find it. I think it's on the Retro Network, and they show Brave Star, the real Ghostbusters, He-Man, and I want to say She-Ra in this, like, two-hour package every night. Yeah. She-Ra and He-Man are all actually on uh, Netflix, too. Oh, okay. Well, this might be as well, because it's all owned by the same company. Um, this, in fact, is the last series from Filmation. Um, and they had been around since the 60s, and right after this series ended, uh, they shut down. Mm. Well, we could definitely tell this is like a, this, uh, this evil layer right here. It definitely kind of reminds me of, uh, a, a, it is a Western version of uh, Grayskull. Alright, so we're going to pause for a second because we got commercials. Blah. Yeah, so if you had to sit through a commercial, I apologize. Jacob, for some reason, didn't. I did. Lame. Yeah, I mean, at first it did the intro, and then after it did advertisements, and then it does like at least half the episode. But you said if, if uh, He Man and She Ra on Netflix, this should probably be too, and maybe I should have just watched it there. Um, but let's—I uh, guess we can just get back to the cartoon. I love the look of this cartoon. It is so well done, especially for that time period when 
you know, Filmation's running out of money, and their cartoons are always a little bit cheap. And yes, they were made in America, though. Yeah, no, good old American, American animation. Yeah, I don't know if that's what did them in, or, I mean, I don't recall. Looking, I'm looking at their history of cartoons, they have a whole lot of flops, but I think what did them in is that they started doing movies for the theater. You know, theatrical releases, that might have, you know, all those bombed. Oh. Uh, I'm wondering, what the hell is that giant skeleton snake thing that's te- that's talking to Texas that just gave him his guitar? <laughs> uh, I wasn't looking at the screen. Uh, I missed it. That reminds me of Castle Grayskull. Tell me that doesn't remind you of Castle Grayskull. Oh, no, or not Gray School. Um, shit. What is the Skeletor's headquarters? Oh, Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain. Thank you. Well, I was in Space uh, Mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it Disneyland. It might as well. Be the same place. They. It, it, it's all venomous. They all try to suck you in, except they just take your wallet, not your lives, unless you're out of money. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's very. It is a very cool idea. And then you got this giant dragon thing. That uh, this freaky Tex Hex look guy looking motherfucker. At least he has uh, a real yeah. voice instead of. I don't know if you've ever seen the Dragon's Lair cartoon, but as much as I love the animation, the voice of their dragon is so ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah. Alright, so I'm looking to hear. Uh, so this is done by Filmation, but it's also partially funded by a different company called Group W. Um, they were a broadcasting company, they did a lot of syndicated shows for their networks. Uh, looks like most of their money came off of like the Steve Allen show, Regis Philbin show, Merv Griffin, stuff like that. Mike Douglas. Uh, Lots of those kind of shows. And I guess after that, they decided to go into cartoons. They did the original funding for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a cartoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, they funded the miniseries, but after that, someone else took over for the regular series. Yeah, well, they definitely made a good investment. So, they funded He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, She-Ra, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, Ghostbusters, and Brave Star. Those are their main core. Yeah, I thought those were all fantastic cartoons. I loved Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I wasn't look- like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, but still. Yeah. Uh, I'm, go- I'm looking here. I'm going to look up real quick. Uh, Filmation was a big name for me as a kid. Um, but I wanna- I'm trying to figure out why they bombed. If it was the movies, that's probably why. Okay, these guys look like something out of Gem and the Holograms. Yeah, which it has a big following. I never watched it when I was a kid, but apparently it's really popular. It's going to be a new movie. Yeah, no, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually kind of looking forward to, to seeing what they'll do with that. All right, so they did Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night, which New World Pictures released, I believe. I remember that bombing. Happily Ever After, I believe that sat on the shelf for like five or six years. Wow. But, the, you know, Brave Star was originally a movie before it was a series. Oh, wow. But I think it's a really, I think it's a really awesome idea. It's like now that we've got like an actual Native American as the lawman on a different space planet. Yeah. You know, a little sci-fi fantasy western genre mixing. I wonder if this had Plus, any influence on um, Firefly at all. Probably. Minus the Chinese part. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying the fact that you can set a western outer space... I mean, there sort of was. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Sean Connery movie Outland. It's like high noon, but in outer space. That's probably uh, the first time I saw something like that. Yep. And then, of course, now these little guys, I think these are like little natives of this little mining planet, but these little mitt, those little dwarf guys, like uh, fucking Brave Star's little deputy flies. I guess those are supposed to be like the hillbillies. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is weird. Okay. So the Brave Star movie was not, in t- I can't tell. The Brave Star movie was, 
It looked like it might have been intended to launch the TV series, like, you know, create the basics of the storyline. But it was released right. it was released a year after the show was canceled. So that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. It's kinda well it's kinda like just what's happened with Firefly. I mean Firefly had a had a season that it got cancelled and then it came back as a movie. Yeah, but it looks like this had of a following. Yeah, but Serenity continues Firefly, whereas this, I think the movie was supposed to come out before the series, but uh, Filmation, I believe, was going out of business by then, or was out of business, and Taurus Entertainment, a very small company, um, released it like in a handful of theaters, and that was it. Wow. So it's only like kind of like an indie thing, so it definitely wasn't going to get its money back, that's for sure. No, uh, I mean, I think contractually had... Wow, speaking of jamming the holograms... <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what I said. You know what? I've seen... That looks like... Oh, my God. That looks like Joan Jett. If you rewind that look, that looked like just like Joan Jett was on stage. Oh, wow. Hold on. Just one second. I don't know. I think, like I said, ours is off because the commercial... Oh, yeah. That, that definitely looks like Joan Jett. So, I'm guessing there's kind of like a music contest. That's like the basis of it right now. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen this first episode. I've seen a couple dozen episodes when they would show on... I think it was called Quoba or Cuba. That thing that was on the Retro Network. I've seen quite a few, but I don't think I've ever seen the beginning. Right. So I'm guessing, like, the bad guy's plot is to, you know, win this music contest and manipulate the people through this guitar. That or we're just going to have musical interludes every episode and they had to find a way to fit it in. (laughs) (laughs) Brave Star is Native American, right? Yeah. Okay. I I don't know him. Hey, you see the guy on the right? The one in the pink oh, shirt and uh, the cowboy hat? Oh, the little guy, Fuzz? Uh, he has like a pink shirt, a cowboy hat, and kind of like feathered hair. Oh, yeah, what about him? He looks... Okay, have you ever seen The Warriors? Yes, oh, he looks like Cowboy. Yeah, he looks like Michael Beck. <laughs> was Cowboy his name in uh, Warriors, or, or was it in Megaforce? I'm pretty sure it was uh, Warriors. Alright. Oh, God, yeah, dude. Some of the backgrounds kind of suck. You can see it was a little cheap on that, which which is kind of depressing because the early part of the movie, a lot of that background, like this is a good background. I like this. Yeah, it did. yeah, it is. Kind of like classic animation, you know, just little colored squir- uh, circles every there. Yeah, it reminds me of Heavy Metal, the movie Heavy yeah, Metal. Yeah. Yes, I was just about to mention that. Um, oh, especially like when in a Space Colony when that guy uh, becomes angry and Oh, yeah. God, what was the name of that? I used to be really into that that one particular episode because it turned into a comic book years later. Bernie Wrightson uh, did a miniseries for uh, Dark Horse. Oh, wow. We got to talk about Heavy Metal sometime. I love that movie. Who doesn't? The sequel, not so much. Yeah. Oh, then they got... Oh, then they go. There's Brave Star and... Uh, oh, God. 30-30? Yeah, 30-30. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. How awesome is that? His st- his partner turns into his ride. That oh, is. Well, <laughs> that was what he did on He-Man. Yeah, but, I mean, it does... It's kind of subjective 30, because, you know, he's walking tall. He's his own man. He's like a cyborg horse uh, hybrid. Thing. Hold on. Okay, let's go. All right. That's a weird scene. Everybody's so much smaller than him, except for, of course, the horse. Which makes sense since, you know, <laughs> the dynamics of a horse. I remember this. Yeah, no, but honestly, that, that bug guy kind of sounds like just the angry 1930s uh, New York stereotypical gangster. Meh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you also sound like a guy who's like he did. You know that Pat Oswalt voice when he gets too fat here. He rolls his beard. Blah blah blah. So, did you ever see any of these action figures, or were you too young for it? Oh, I remember these action figures, especially the bartender. He had a. Uh, he was green skinned. You know. Orange mustache, giant son of a bitch. Yeah, Mattel worked with Filmation. Of course, that's the way it was in the 80s. You developed the toy line and the cartoon, you know, concurrently. Sometimes even the comic book. But I don't remember this being a comic book. In fact, I should look that up. Cause I, everything back then was a cartoon, or a comic book. Especially if it was from, like, Star Comics. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. That, I don't know how that guitar could ever work. Yeah, that was a little that ridiculous. There's no, just get him a new guitar. Holy crap, it's Daft Punk, the early years. Yep. That's actually what, pretty I cool. Think, so, I think someone, I think Daft Punk's parents were pregnant in this audience, and they heard this music, and these babies had to, you know, reappropriate this music. Oh my god, it's a Blue Man group. Yeah, you know what? That's a good one, too. Okay, so Brave Star was a comic book. And I'm trying uh, Blackthorn Publishing. That was a really small company, and they did their comics in 3D. That's pretty cool. Wow. Okay, now this part where he uses the eyes of the hawk, you know. That's, uh, he's, uh... What? I mean, as far as this eyes of the hawk being, you know, Native American spiritual powers, I thought that was kind of racist. Yeah, it's also kind of a ripoff of the whole Thundercats thing, isn't it? Yeah, it does, kind of. I mean, with the uh, Eye of Thundara. I, th- I think uh, all the so cartoons kind of, like, took bits and pieces from each other. I mean, yeah, as, m- white men have done many fucked up things to Native Americans. <laughs> but I will tell you this, one of the most racist things ever done was what makes the Red Man Red from the Peter Pan movie <laughs> from Disney. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny as we just did that episode of Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, what... I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you haven't heard our, uh, any of our episodes, our last episode was Peter Pan the Pirates. We kind of have like a fantasy sci-fi thing going on right now. I would say this one's probably a little more bent towards sci-fi. And then next month we're going to do all Halloween episodes. Yeah. That gun is cool. This girl right here, this like snake chick. Uh-oh. She, she, she does kind of remind me of Evil Lynn. Yeah, I, I feel like probably the same guys that worked on He-Man probably went on to this. Actually, oh gosh, I, I, I hate to be mean or try to stereotype her, but they make did they, they try to make her Asian, or at least somewhat Asian. That, that's kind of fucked up. So DreamWorks actually uh, owns the rights to this now. You think DreamWorks might be able to do something with it? I don't know. I mean, Peabody and Sherman did not turn out to be the big money maker that they thought it was going to be. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, DreamWorks had purchased the entire catalog of Entertainment... I think it was Entertainment One? I'd have to look it up. But it was a company that specifically focused on these kind of cartoons. So like um, Simon and Peabody, George of the Jungle, Dudley Do-Right, Jungle. Rocky and Bullwinkle, um, they bought He-Man, everything from the Filmation catalog. What about, what about Dudley Do-Right? Did they buy that too? They, yes, they own Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> So they bought they bought all of them because they're trying to um, get to the point where they can make movies out of them. And Simon and Peabody, of course, is the first one. But they were stupid. They spent oh, wow. they spent like 150 oh. million dollars on on a franchise that nobody really remembers. 
Peabody and Sherman? I thought people, hell of people remember that. Really? I, mean, I, thought, it, it was, it I thought it was more of a cult following. It got, a, it got great reviews. No, no, no. I mean the original cartoon. I think it kind of faded away, so I'm kind of surprised. I don't think you should spend that kind of money on uh, uh, something like that. I think you should start maybe smaller, like $70 million, like the way uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. You know, that was $70 million. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, okay, here, I want to say this about this episode, the part with her singing. Could they, couldn't they have written better songs? Yeah, I imagine, but it was also a TV crew. They probably couldn't afford a good good uh, contributor for music. Yeah, no, I mean, come on, you know, but then it's like, yeah, I think kids are just going to be watching this, but even then, kids deserve better than that shit. All right, so <laughs> this is what happened. Hallmark ended up owning the rights of Filmation. They went to a company called Entertainment Rights, which is probably the laziest name for a company I've ever heard. Um, and then they collected up all of their, all of the all the things that they had been buying over the years, combined it with classic media, and then all of that was sold to DreamWorks. Wow, that's crazy. So DreamWorks got a good buyout. I think they bought it for like $28 million. You you can own the rights to all those companies for like such a little money. Oh, I know. Compared to like all the other companies that got bought out, like Lucasfilm. <laughs> Jesus, man, $28 million. That's like almost nothing. All right, so Damn. I finally found it. They also own Mr. Magoo, Gerald McBoing Boing, Casper the Friendly <laughs> Ghost, Richie Rich, Baby Huey. They also own the Golden Books catalog, which is Magnus Robot Fighter, Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. <laughs> Sorry, I was just distracted by this terrible fucking song. Oh, Damn. yeah. Uh, music. That's like worse than the song in Heather's. Teenage Suicide. <laughs> oh, uh, they own God. Gumby. They own Voltron. Wow. So, uh, I honestly so- think they could come back with Gumby. I don't think Gumby would ever come back. It's ridiculous. Unless they somehow make it, like, ironic. You know, like, how some stuff, like the Brady Bunch or 21 Jump Street, they've modified to fit the times. Because if Gumby comes out now, it's going to be laughed off the stage. (laughs) The Brady Bunch movie? They were still in the 70s while everybody else was in the 90s? Oh, God, that was ridiculous. But I can see them turning Brave Star into a movie, like a live-action movie, not an animated movie. Oh, yeah. But... What? But who do you think? Oh, who do you think they get to play Brave Star? The Rock? <laughs> if yeah, if he's going to be Native American, they're going to have to go big name wise because you need a really strong lead, and there's not a lot of Native American leads. And I think it's because Hollywood is stupid, and they can't seem to actually like cultivate a lead actor out of a Native American. The best I think we've ever had was Lou Diamond Phillips, and I'm not sure if he's 100 percent or not. Well, there's Lou Diamond Phillips, and there's also a. Uh... Oh gosh, Daniel Day Lewis who was in Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, but he's British, and he was supposed to be uh, white in that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but honestly, uh, plus he's too old for that. Johnny uh, Depp, too old. No, not Johnny Depp. No, no, no. He already, he already, he already did Tonto. Right. I'm just trying to think of anybody who has any sort of power in Hollywood that can be a Native American, and they should actually cast a real Native American in it. You know who was really good is that guy who was in. Wind Talkers. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Adam Beach, I think. You know, he should be a bigger star. He's really good. And what's the section? What, what was he in? Wind Talkers with Nicolas Cage. You know, the World War II movie from John Woo. Oh, that guy. Yeah, oh my god. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's really he good, but I never Dirt. see him. He was in Joe Dirt. He was also in Cowboys and Aliens. He, he was like, he was um, Harrison Ford's Native American friend in that uh. movie. That's right. I forgot that. You know what? 
if there's anything really holding back Brave Star becoming a movie, it's Cowboys and Aliens. People are probably going to view it as a sci-fi western, and that never does well. I don't think there's ever been a successful sci-fi western, even though there's only been, like, a few. Yeah, I mean, honestly, well, it's definitely, like, Space Age. I mean, they would have to, like, up, you know, definitely up it. I mean, Judge Dredd itself was kind of a... I mean, what they would do, they would definitely go to, like, the sci-fi... They would definitely go to, like, different planets in the comics, and they'd also visit... Um, you know, like these old Western beat-up worlds. I didn't realize Judge like, Dredd went to other planets. I always thought it was... I've never read the comic. I've only ever seen the two movies. I read, like, the first four volumes of, like, the old comic strips that they had. The nice. weekly ones. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's, it's great. I love I love reading it. It's getting, like... It does getting... It is getting grittier and grittier, each, uh, each little issue. I should probably try to grab them then, because... You know, as silly as the Stallone one is, and most people say it's blasphemy, I still kind of enjoy it. Most just because the theme and the special effects are so damn good. But I really like the the one with um, Carl Urban. Oh yeah, the one with Carl Urban I thought was perfect. It was oh my god, he is he is dread. But the budget Dude. was so tight. You know, I want to see him go yeah. outside of a building for Pete's sake. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, they they actually filmed like most of most of it in like South Africa. And yet, it That's still costs fifty million dollars. That's kind of strange. I'm surprised it costs so oh, much. I know. There was also there was like guns, there was props, there was also the special effects shooting with like yeah. the flying drones and whatnot. But, but I just I, I just think, don't think it's going to make money. Um, it if, they, if they make a sequel, I, the first one didn't make any money, so I can't imagine them getting through to make a sequel. It was a great critical. Uh, it was a great critical. They uh, did. Uh, Critics critical. loved it, but no one showed up, and I think it's because they were burned by the previous one. You know, it's all fucking Sylvester Stallone's fault. <laughs> you, hey, is your video going backwards? <laughs> My video. Um, no, what mine is doing right now, it's, uh, it is, well, I guess it doesn't matter. My episode. Mine's at the last uh, advertisement. My okay. episode just, I think, finished. The reason well, I, I asked. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that fucking song is over. Jeez. Yeah, that was pretty bad. No, the reason yeah, I asked I mean, is Hulu, for some reason, sped up the entire cartoon. I just watched it all and fast forward. So that was weird. I think he was giving a special Probably. message to people at home. Oh yeah, he does. That was the like thing. With What's that? Yeah, he's doing that right now. He's uh, he is Bear Star is like giving out a special message at what? the end, teaching kids a lesson. Oh, I missed it. What's the special lesson? Hold on. I really want to know. They're always kind of hokey, and they do that back in the '80s in order to get away with promoting cartoons as advertisements. You know, for toys, they had to always do one of those special things at the end. Yeah, basically he says, uh, he's, well, he's telling them not to give in to the temptations of strangers, no matter, you know, how good it will be for you. It, you know, plus they could also have bad outcomes. You know, just like in this episode, he wanted to be a rock star so bad, he took the guitar from Tex X and it almost destroyed everything. But yeah, no, so he's telling them, like, don't give in to temptation like that. What, um, what was the special tagline? You know how they have, like, uh, and that's one to grow on and, uh, learning's half the battle. Did he have one of those? No, he didn't. Ah, oh, bummer. Yeah, and here we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think, Michael? What? Of the cartoon? Yeah. Oh, I liked it. Um, I would say that song is probably garbage, uh, but the animation itself is so, so good. And it's a shame that Filmation went out of business just as they were, I think, hitting their peak. Because I would say as much as I love He-Man and She-Ra... The animation still had flaws. You know, they were kind of repeating stuff, and there were moments where it was a little cheap. Great design work, though. They did a really good job, whoever created all these characters. 
Oh my god, dude! I'm on Hulu Plus. They got Fat Albert in the costume. Yes, they got the Snorks. They got the Rambo cartoon. Flash Gordon. Wait, you say Rambo? Yeah. You know what? We should do a whole month of cartoons that make no sense. That they're cartoons like Chuck Norris and the Karate Commando, Rambo, RoboCop, Defenders of the Earth. Oh, that's an awesome one. That's from the same company. I think. On here. I think that's from Filmation. Yeah, they have Galaxy Rangers also, and Dragon Ball, and Dra- oh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Ah! Okay. You can leave me out of that one. Okay. <laughs> in your mouth. Dick Tracy. That is garbage. I love Dick Tracy like nobody's business. I love Dick is basically what I'm saying. Now, um... She loved Dick. <laughs> but that cartoon Finally. Is, finally. I, admit, I admitted it, finally. Um, <laughs> the cartoon is so limited. It's The animation is almost non-existent, and it's just kind of a shame. Back in the 60s, for some reason, companies thought they could get away with making the cheapest cartoons ever. Yeah, oh, Galaxy, yeah, Galaxy Rangers was one of those? Yeah, Galaxy Rangers, Brave Star, and I thought there was another one. Uh, Saber Riders. They were all space westerns. Oh, yeah. Dude, but yeah, Galaxy Rangers, I don't know, Brave Star, who, who knows? Wasn't there a crossover between the two? No, different companies. Um, it might have been Saber Riders and Galaxy Rangers. I'm pretty sure Galaxy Rangers was not the same company. There was supposed to be a spinoff of Brave Star, um, but just as they were developing it, the company went out of business. So I think Brave Star was a success. It's just the company fell apart. Yeah, kind of like with uh, Orion Pictures. Well, at least they didn't abandon a whole lot of projects. I remember Orion went out of business and a bunch of stuff just sat on the catalog for years. I remember seeing a poster for RoboCop 3 like every other month. Like a new one because they're, oh, we're going to release it now. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Never mind. Forget it. Yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. So, so RoboCop 3 was a disaster, though. Yeah, you know what? That should have sat on the shelf forever. It should have been erased and made a new one. Bummers. Yeah, I will say Robert John Burke did. He, I thought he did a great. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, just, plus Robocop flies. That's always cool. Yeah, I know he had a jetpack and that you know uh, gun arm. Yeah, with a missile launcher in it. Facing off against the samurai was pretty cool too. Yeah, it was. But the, like I said, the, it could have been done much better, and it should have been bloodier. Paul Verhoeven should have come back. Yeah, <laughs> he's too busy making sex movies. Um, so I, Brave Star, you know what? Starship Troopers. What's that? Paul Verhoeven did Starship Troopers. Yeah, but at the time RoboCop 3 was being made, he was knee-deep in Sharon Stone. <laughs> and then he did Showgirls. Oh, yeah. All right, so I guess I'll that's it. Anything Anything you want to say about Brave Star before we go? I really hope something like this does come back, like a sci-fi western. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely potential in that. If they're not going to do it as a live action, we do it as an animated movie. Or, or bring it back as a TV show, like on uh, the WB or uh, what's that? what's the other one? What's that Cartoon other network? What's that? There's Cartoon Network. There's the WB. There's uh, Hub. The Hub. Hub. That's what I was thinking. The Hub. Yeah, but like I said, I kind of want something like this to come back. You know what? Netflix is but less do- racist and less stereotypical. I, I just remember Netflix has a signed deal with uh, DreamWorks because they're doing some cartoons like uh, Turbo, and I think they're going to do a Peabody and Sherman. They might actually bring Brave Star back uh, for Netflix only. Yay! We'll see. That- oh. Yeah, no, Marvel's kind of doing the same thing with Netflix. They're also bringing uh, Marvel. They're getting their own shows. Daredevil's getting one. Yep. Hey, did you notice Netflix changed their look from black to red? Or from red to black? Yep. So I wonder if they're changing their envelopes so they don't look like they're associated with Redbox. (laughs) Probably. All right, so stay tuned for that. We'll see if uh, Netflix does anything with Bravestar or DreamWorks decides to turn into a movie. That is the end of the episode. Um, I guess this is Michael signing off. And this is Jacob signing off, fading to black.
All right, what do you think our next episode should be? I'm thinking... Oh, what else do we have written down? We were going to do... Um, what was the cartoon we suggested? I can't remember now. It was, uh, it was a I 90s... Dino Saucers. Um, we have a whole list. You know what? Pirates of Dark Water. Pirates of Dark Water, what we're going to do. You know what we should do? Pick two cartoons, put it up on Facebook, and let the people decide what the next episode is. What do you think? That works. Let's do that. All right. So pay attention to our Facebook page, Retro Rocket Entertainment. We're going to put up two cartoons. You pick the cartoon. We'll talk about it. All right. Good night. Good. Now, Tex-Tex attacks with a new kind of evil. Brave Skullwalker 3030 Bravestar and Tex Hex Zone 70. 3030 can stand up to your evil Tex Hex. I'll transform Skullwalker and attack from the air. Use your blaster cannon to stop him, 3030. <laughs> You're grounded, Tex Hex. I'll get you for this. Skullwalker and 3030 from the world of Bravestar. Other action figures sold separately. New from Bravestar. Welcome, everybody, to Back in Tunes, our special edition where we're covering Pirates of Darkwater. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm Jacob. No nicknames today. I'm too tired for that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day for Jacob. I think the last episode I was just waking up, and you're just ready to go to bed. So we're kind of whipping this one out. Uh, with, you know, I mean, I shouldn't use those words. Um, not an innuendo. That's not an innuendo. No, no, not at all. Um, Please excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> All right, so I'm assuming by now everybody's heard at least one episode of this, but assumptions are stupid, so if you have not, I apologize, i got to repeat this again. Um, what we do here on Back in Tunes is we watch the first episode of a cult classic cartoon series. Um, we try to find them on YouTube, it's usually the easiest way, or Hulu. This one was a little bit harder, Pirates of Dark Water, the first episode, um, we found it on funniermoments.com. You can just put in, you know, your search engine and find it. Or if you're lucky enough, just order it from uh, whatever DVD website you order it from. It's a uh, Pirates of Darkwater was not released in stores. Uh, the complete series is only available through print on demand, which tends to be only through Warner Brothers or Amazon. Just to give you a heads up, so it's a little hard to find. Why? Why? Because Warner Brothers doesn't see it as being a profitable venture and put it in stores. But it is. I know your face looks so sad for a second. <laughs> yeah, I know pirates are hot right now, so I'm kind of surprised they didn't bother. But yeah, that's probably have to pirate it. <laughs> no, that's true. We're pirating a pirate episode right now. Um, so basically, we're just going to talk about the show as the first episode plays. So if you want to go ahead, just gear it up and let's begin. I think. Pirating a pirate Whoa! Episode. Hold on. <laughs> 
Okay, sorry about that. We had a little audio trouble there. I forgot to turn something down. Whoops. All right, so Pirates of Dark Water. I have never seen this show. I thought I had. I, th- I was so sure I had seen a few episodes when it first started. But I think I just saw, like, the promotions for it. But you, you've seen quite a bit of it, right? I, yeah, I have. I remember being, like, a little kid, you know, and having all the action figures, too. Especially uh, Ren, who's, like, the main character. The prince who goes out and, you know, tries to find the 13 treasures of rule, which will, I guess, save their planet. And basically, uh, you're gonna find out here soon that this um, this little drifter on in the water, you know, in the little boat, you know, looks a lot like the main character. You'll notice that immediately. Like, oh, they yeah. have the same facial recognition. So you know, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Rin is able to see Rin is able to see like the future of what could happen, like good things. <clears throat> so yeah. Um... You know, it's funny is I wasn't paying close enough attention in the first few minutes and it slowly dawned on me. I thought maybe this was just our world, just like an exaggerated version of our world. And I thought it was really cool that they would have, you know, your main hero not be a generic Caucasian guy. But it turns out it's like an other world. Yeah, I know. That's what it seems like, too. I mean, I, I don't see, you know, I don't really see water looking so purpley. Yeah. And well, no, I thought maybe giant powers like that. I guess it's a little obvious considering he's so tan and uh, and he has like shock blonde hair. But I thought maybe you know they were trying to say that he was a, a mix of Caucasian and Hawaiian or something, you know, something other than your generic uh, white guy. Yeah, he does look. He definitely. Well, as you can see here, as he's like coming down, when you see him like come down the steps, it's like something out of a uh, Prince of Persia or Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I mean, I, what I really enjoy about this, and it caught my attention and immediately. Does is the fact that you can see every little bit of hair moving. Do you know how expensive and time-consuming it is to animate every little shred of hair? God, yes. I mean, my hand hurts from that shit. This is really high-end animation. This might be the most expensive thing that Warner Brothers, or, uh, sorry, Hanna-Barbera did at the time. Warner Brothers had not taken over Hanna-Barbera, I believe, at this moment. It was after uh, Season 2 where they took over. Yeah. But this, this is movie quality. Yeah, it is. You know, it's great. You know, it's a great, high quality cartoon. Plus, you know, it involves pirates. Doesn't everybody love have a pirate phase as they grow older? I mean, there's the cowboy phase, the pirate phase, pretty much, you know, or destroy everything phase. I always had a Batman phase. I had a Indiana Jones phase. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I remember going around my room with a belt, pretending it was a whip, and trying to catch on to stuff. It's ridiculous considering how short a, a belt is—a children's belt. Yep. <laughs> I went like two hey. feet. Yeah, you had imagination. You made, you, had, you came up with what you had. Oh, and there's uh, the the lava. The floor is made of lava. Everybody oh, did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny it's about a, pirates like, being okay. the thing about pirates being so fascinating to children and that families embrace it is kind of strange, considering pirates were known for pillaging, stealing, stabbing, killing, raping, uh, you know, plundering. It's just weird that what. Being absolute pirates were also absolutely filthy and always drinking rum. Yeah, they're nothing like you see. I mean, uh, Johnny Depp's like the sweet version of the pirates. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> this one, oh god, these guys are really evil. These are just mon- monstrous. I think uh, pirates were only popular, though, in cartoons because I mean, if you look at the history of pirate movies over the last, like, 40, 50 years, they're all just, like, huge flops. Oh, yeah. It wasn't... Oh, especially- oh gosh. Especially, oh god, Cutthroat Island with Gina Davis. Yeah, and there's Pirates with Walter Matthau, which, ugh. Uh, Yellowbeard with the uh, Monty Python crew. Well, sort of the Monty <laughs> Python crew. 
Yeah. I feel like there's a couple others, but the only thing I ever remember being successful was the Muppet Treasure Island and then Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, Muppets Treasure Island. Who could, no one could take away that musical number. <laughs> what I like about this one is that, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's set in another world. And pl- I mean, and also the concept of um, that flying creature, that little parrot monkey. Like, that's, there's like a huge, like, you know, the, it's like hybrid AU. That is definitely different. You know what's weird about that is that Roddy McDowell, one of my favorite, like, um, underrated actors, he did the voice of that character in the miniseries. But when they re-edited it and added it to the regular run, they replaced Roddy McDowell with uh, Frank Welker, who, I mean, I, like, I love Frank Welker, but he's kind of a voice you hear a lot in cartoons. I mean, oh, he's yeah. probably done a thousand different voices. But, you know, Roddy McDowell only ever did this in, I think, Batman, the animated series, and I, I kind of wish they would he leave. the Mad Hatter. Yeah, the Mad Hatter. He was a great voice, uh, and I just don't understand why they replaced him. I loved him in the Carol. I loved him in a Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I loved his episode, and I also loved him. I loved his uh, appearance on uh, Carol Burnett. <laughs> well, of course, everybody knows him as uh, during the Planet of the Apes series as Cornelius Caesar and um, Galen, and then he would go on to do Fright Night one and two, which are which is how I discovered him. I, I just absolutely love him in those roles. Fright Night, yeah, no, Fright Night was definitely something I, I first remembered him from, and then I looked at his career later on. Um, but I do want to say the voice of uh, Rin here, Prince Rin, is George Newbern, I want to say. Yeah, that's and right. he's the voice of Superman from the Justice League series and uh, um, also uh, Injustice. Pretty much anything to do with Superman and almost animated movie-wise, it's going to be his voice. Yeah, I will say Tim Daly, I think, was right before he took over. Like Tim Daly, I believe, did the voice in the regular cartoon, you know, the one that was on for yeah. like three years. But then I believe George Newbern is the one has been consistent since then yeah and he was also the voice of Sephiroth in uh advent children in kingdom hearts 2 yeah yeah it's funny is i didn't even know george newburn i didn't know until you said something i looked up his career he's been doing tons and tons of voice work but i knew him primarily from being um in the father of the bride series those two movies oh yeah he was a uh, yeah you're telling me he was um steve martin's uh son-in-law right and other than that, I really had not seen him anything. I kind of thought he disappeared. You know, he's like one of those actors you would see like on an episode of CSI or Law and Order here and there, and that was it. You're just a yeah. working actor, like a guest actor. Yeah, but no, yeah, he's been doing a lot of voice work. I mean, he's definitely known for Superman now, so you know, he's he might be back for Injustice too if they get that game going. But what? I, okay, I like. Okay, honestly, I will say this about this overly massive pirate ship. Like seriously, I mean, I well, I guess you know Captain Blythe, you know the villain. I guess he does need it because look how fucking big it's. Look how big I know it's, it's huge. The colors are pretty uh, flamboyant, but I'm assuming it's just because a that's the color palette of the cartoons at the time. They started moving towards like brighter and pastel colors. Trust me, uh-huh. look at look at the last couple runs of the GI Joe characters. Absurd colors for a military team. Oh, I know. Yeah, and then everything started to get a little bit more out there and outrageous. I, I mean, blame. Which I, I kind of like. I, mean, I like. I do like. I do like bright colors, especially like if it was something like Tron, and you had like those neon outlines. I'm like to be brighter. And honestly, though, I will say this: storming. I show this. Uh, everybody got uh, these giant monstrous worms in water. You don't. Honestly, this is what you don't do. You don't store giant monsters on a boat. <laughs> One, they could probably they could probably break out and destroy the ship. I don't. I still think I'm now. just absolutely fascinated. A, not just because of the quality of. You know, uh, the animation, the music's great, the voice work's great. 
Um, but also the fact it had a more serious tone than a lot of the cartoons. Even G.I. Joe and Transformers, yeah, they were geared towards boys, but their plots weren't very sophisticated. I think only thing I could compare to it was maybe the scripts that J. Michael Straczynski would do for He-Man, um, which were pretty dense considering the cartoons at the time, but this is, this is yeah. above and beyond. And I love how it starts off like so dire, like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, you know, Rin and, you know, a, a spider monkey, uh, I keep forgetting his name. The spider parrot thing, or the monkey parrot thing. I keep forgetting his name. The uh, give me, oh, Niddler, Niddler. Nib, nibbler. That's Nid, right. No, Nid, D, D, D. Niddler, okay. Yeah, that's a, it sounds a lot like Nibbler. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, a yeah, character no, in something I, else, I think. So it's just those two, you know, getting, you know, getting the band together, or looking for a band of, you know, a band of miscreants to help him on his journey to find the three tre- 13 treasures. Which they and, never find all 13 because the series ended to... Well, here's a weird thing. Um, the series uh, started off as a miniseries of five episodes, and then it was successful enough they went into the full series. They were supposed to wrap up the storyline in that first season. Why? I have no idea. If it's going to be successful, maybe they were just going to have a new quest on the second season. But for some reason, they kept expanding it and expanding and expanding it. So by the time the second season ended, which is very short... Um, they yeah. only found eight of the 13 treasures, and then Warner Brothers took over Hanna-Barbera, saw that it was too expensive, the ratings weren't high enough, and uh, they just canceled it. No, it's like something like that you've got to finish. You can't just leave about more than halfway. Eight out of 13? Yeah. Well, they could, five left, man. Why didn't they just do a miniseries or some sort of cheaper continuation? I mean, they already cut the budget from the first season to the second season because... Um, like I said, they let Roddy McDowell go, but also um, there's a really great actor by the name of Hector Elizondo. Um, he would do the voice of, I want to say it's Ayaz. Uh, they replaced him as well with someone cheaper. Always about the money. Always yeah. about the fucking money. But you know what? You generate enough money, you do, just because you still profit, but if you don't profit as much, that's not a loss. That's not a loss. You're still profiting. That's the, what doesn't fucking make sense. <laughs> yeah, and, and in this day and age, they could continue it, you know, with a Kickstarter program. Just have people who are fans of the show, uh, you know, chip in and make the episodes. Cartoons are a little more expensive and intricate than, like, like a movie, uh, but... What's that? Like the, what, the, the movie Veronica Mars. Right. Uh, That's what they did. And it, generated, and it generated the money, and it, all the fans funded it. Um, years ago, then, I want to say it was... I want to say it was Dynamite Comics. They were trying to option the rights to the the characters so they could continue and finish the storyline in a comic book, but it never came to fruition. Right. Here's the weird I thing, mean, though, I, is I think Marvel Comics did a miniseries, and they did some original stories afterwards, but it only lasted nine issues. I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of like what DC did with He-Man. They're bringing it back through a comic book series. And, I mean, the shadow's been coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's definitely one of those indie labels that should pick up something like that and be able to continue it. I'd love to see how this... Sorry, you got cut off a little bit there. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. So, yeah, um, but the other thing is, like, you know, Dan O'Hurley, he, he was part of the cast. He wasn't cheap either. If you remember, he was in Last Starfighter. He was also the old man in RoboCop series. Behave yourselves! Dan Hurley, he, yeah, and then he passed away, I think, shortly after. A little while later. And then some of the guest characters they would have. Uh, Brock Peters, great character actor. If you saw his picture, you know who he was. Um, Peter Cullen, of course, famous voice work. Uh, 
Peter Cullen. I, I want to say that he did uh, some serious Transformers voices. Am I stupid here? Peter Cullen. Yeah, uh, he, wasn't he uh, Optimus Prime? Duh. And then, of course, Tim Curry. That, that would be his second pirate series in such a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, the other series would be Peter Pan and the Pirates, where he did play Captain Hook. This one, though, he plays Conk. Great name. Great name, Conk. Conk. <laughs> I'm going to name my first child Conk. Caveman? Is he a caveman or a monkey? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I should watch the series more. Like I said, Conk, I've only seen the first episode, but I'm definitely finishing this. This show is just absolute the tops for me. Okay. Yeah. He was a fat. I mean, he was a short, fat pirate. <laughs> yeah. He's a dwarf. He's a dwarf man. Basically. He was itty bitty. He got tossed around a lot. You just keep him in your sack, and he can feed you rum. <laughs> He's like, hey, leg, here you go, sir. So, did they? Did pirates have limited access to other drinks? What's up with the rum? Was it just really easy to get because they're in the Caribbean? They couldn't get vodka or uh, like uh, bourbon or anything. It's just always rum. I think that's where it was brewed most heavily, and plus, rum just has a nice taste to it. I mean, I don't drink it before ten a.m., but I do. I do drink a lot of rum. That's my favorite drink. Yeah, you just wait till ten o five, right? <laughs> yeah, I wait till five minutes after. 10. Is it brunch? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did you ever play the games, the video games for the second uh, the Sega and the Nintendo? Uh, the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I did. It was a fun action adventure kind of game. I mean, you got. I was like, oh shoot. I- I didn't know I could run again. I should have known because that's when video games had instruction booklets. These days, you just get a little, oh, yeah. like, half a pamphlet. Like, a little sheet of paper. Well, now they and force I, you to go through the tutorial. Yeah, well, that and also the tutorials are, you know, kind of happen throughout the video game themselves. Uh, so, if you remember, the game, was it a side-scroller or was it like a um, like a fighting game? It was like a side-scroller, kind of like a Streets of Rage or Final Fight. Okay, so it was more like a beat 'em up. Yeah, an action adventure beat 'em up. Yeah, other than that, I mean, they had they had the toys. Of course, I don't know if this was created specifically to make toys or they made toys after the cartoon because some of the design on these they look specifically like action figure style, even though they it's were. Really, okay. So the toys came out at the same time as the cartoon. Uh, yeah, and I, I kid you not, I mean, Ren. I honestly, I hope with Ren, I hope they completed his sword. That's what I want. I want him. I want that sword to be complete. I want to know what it looks like. Well, we just have to watch the rest of the episodes, but like I said, it's really hard to find, so I think maybe the best bet is probably just buying the whole series. I don't even think it's that expensive. It's probably like 14 bucks on Amazon yeah. or something, even though I think Amazon's truly the devil. <laughs> yeah. That's usually where I do buy some of my uh, online Funko Pop items, you know, my Game of Thrones ones. Yeah. Actually, yeah. They have good, dice. They have good deals on there, too. Um, the other thing is, uh, this was a very short run. Uh, they did a RPG game. I don't know if it's for a PC. That's all it says. I was looking it up on Wikipedia, and it says a Pirates of Darkwater role-playing game was released in 1994, but had a limited production run. I don't know if they mean like in a computer or like the old school RPG. Well, actually, they probably still make them, don't they? I haven't been in one of those shops in forever. Do they still make yeah, RPG board they games? They have like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of uh, roll the dice kind of. Oh, okay. Game. But yeah. Honestly, like I said, I mean, it's cool how, you know, it does kind of stay true to, like, you know, certain pirate origin, like going from port to port, hanging out in the tavern, looking over maps and treasures. Well, I like the fact that it was a continuous story and not one of those where it was the same thing every week. As much as I love some of the 80s cartoons, a lot of them were just repetitious. They were all formula. I mean, it was a different storyline, but same kind of build-up outcome. Yes, exactly. And... 
also, like I said, I mean, not to mention they get he get, he get this really cool, like, you know, handy, you know, guy who's an actual pirate who looks like he's from, like, uh, Eastern Seas. And then you also get, you know, this hot, and he gets this hot girl in a pink dress, like, who'd be in the, from the Middle East. <laughs> so, yeah, the guy you're looking at right now, that's the voice that Hector Elizondo did. And uh, if you saw him, he's another one of those actors. He's just a character actor. He shows up, like, every Gary Marshall movie, like... Um, like uh, the Flamingo Kid, Pretty Woman, stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh jeez, yeah no. So That's one like of the things really, I really hope. Go ahead. I was I do hope they bring this back somehow. Here's the funny thing: is a few years later, when this would be re-aired on the Cartoon Network, um, one of the it probably pissed off a lot of people, but they had a thing where they would send in questions and they would answer it saying that there were unaired episodes of Pirates of the Dark Water and they were going to air them, which made everybody like really excited. And when it was time to air them, all they did was show like a short video of a kitty lipping, uh, lapping at milk. That was it. Saying that they uh, erased the episodes and aired their cat drinking milk instead. So- Motherfucker. I know, that's kind of a slap in the face to the fans, because they were probably eagerly awaiting, and then to get that joke, oh, that's, that's terrible. I know, it makes you want to stab that guy in the dick. <laughs> well, make Cartoon sure Network, know. or as they call it now, the CN, because they refuse to be associated with cartoons. Ugh, lame. I know, I'm like, what the hell, you guys were car- you guys were Cartoon Central the entire time. I never even watched Nick, like, when that was still going on. I never even watched Nickelodeon anymore because of that. Yeah, um, and then they have they have Boomerang, but Boomerang's changing too. I mean, when Boomerang started, they were they were filling the gap that Cartoon Network no longer had for the older, like the '60s and '70s cartoons. So if you wanted to watch Yogi Bear, you wanted to watch like Popeye cartoons or Looney Tunes, that's or where you go. Or Jabberjaw. Yeah, but then they changed it. So now. Now, Boomerang is airing everything that the Cartoon Network would air, like um, Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo. Is that your phone? What is that? Are you stepping on a duck? My phone phone did vibrate. Okay, it sounds like you're stepping on a duck or farting or something. (laughs) Yeah, it'll do that. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, no, honestly, I think that I will... It would be really cool if this came back like as an HD, like an H, uh, HD like updated video game, kind of like what they did with uh, Double Dragon Neon, DuckTales, and DuckTales. Yeah, you could continue. Like, do you want to remake the original game, or do you want to make an all new game and possibly like encompass the entire storyline that was missed out? Like, you yeah, would you would complete the thirteen. Yeah, because in the because in the actual video game, you find all thirteen treasures. But I think, like, update the video game, put in voice work, because that's what they do with DuckTales. You know, they would, uh, they got the original cast members, and they voiced over all the, uh, act, their original parts. And, like, you know, it looked like you were, you were part of the cartoon. Like, the graphics were that amazing. That's really good. I, I want to play that. I remember playing DuckTales and, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and thinking they were just, like, amazing, even though they were kind of geared at, well, they weren't geared at kids, because they were pretty challenging, but I mean, um... You know, based on those kind of cartoons, uh, when you're like 13 or 14, it seems like kind of beneath you to play them. But they're still they're awesome games. Yeah, and I want to see that the Rin Sword reforged. Did you finish this series? Did you watch every episode? Action RPG. Jacob, did you huh? finish the series? No, I didn't finish the series. Okay, but so you, you don't know how it turns out. I did watch a few. Um, you're cutting out really bad. Um, I was asking you if you finished the series or, um, you know, did you get to the point where they finished, like, some of their adventures? 
Um, I don't know. I remember watching these as a child, and I would say, you know, they would, you know, get get a church test, then lied with try to ruin everything, and then the dark water shows up, and it's like, oh, they got to escape from that. Hey, we got away. We succeeded. Yay. But <laughs> not an actual ending. So do you know who created this series? I looked this up, and I was really surprised. No. What about it? And it ended so soon? No, no, no. I was asking you, who do you think created? I mean, did you see who created this show? It really surprised me. Who was it? David Kirshner, the creator of Child's Play and, oddly enough, American Tale. <laughs> Two wildly different. I know. This guy's got a great imagination. I mean, a killer doll that's hilarious and fucking... <laughs> I know. It almost is like two is the yin yang of children's programming. But other than that, he also was in charge of so many cartoons, it's insane. He was in charge of a pup named Scooby Doo, uh, Tom and Jerry Kids Show, Gravedale High, The Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, wow. uh, The Addams Family Cartoon, The Fish Police, Capital Critters, Two Stupid Dogs, Swat Cats, Johnny Bravo, The Powerpuff Girls. These commercials suck. Yeah, so, I mean, after American Tale, he was hired to uh, join Hanna-Barbera and was basically running their production. But at the same time, he was still doing the Child's Play movie, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. Especially Child's Play. Child's Play was, like, I guess, you know, his inventing his humor and frustration out on pretty much everything. Yeah, and he's involved in every single one of those movies. Uh, I think he even directed the last one. Yeah, uh, Son of Chucky. No, no. There was a new one that came out last year called Curse of Chucky, which a lot of people have even said it's better than the the original. So I got to see it. Oh, wow. Curse of Chucky, which is like a... Well, I do know they brought back Brad Dorif. Yeah, it's a direct-to-video title. So it's kind of under the radar. It wasn't in theaters. Damn. I know. I guess that's that's a sign the series is kind of coming to an end. Hopefully it was funny. Hopefully it was funny. Yeah, I want to see it. They said it was scary as hell. Oh, wow. Scary as hell. Um, but he also... Honestly, it's a doll. Yeah. Well, that first one's pretty kick-ass. I like the first one. The second and third one are okay. But Son of Chucky, that was the end for me. I was like, oh, this is crap. I mean, that one was just nothing but comedy. I love John Waters' part in it, though, where he's just taking pictures. And he goes, oh, God bless the little people. <laughs> Who doesn't love John I mean, Waters? I mean, knowing he created Pirates of Dockwater, I'm like, I hope he does I hope he does bring it back somehow. Yeah, he said something, and he was still like trying to work on some way of bringing it back. Um, here's the other things that, uh, he created. Uh, he did the Page Master, Cats Don't Dance. He was a production of the Flintstones movie. He created Hocus Pocus. Uh, but finally, he did, he did Titan A.E., did you see that? Oh, I loved all those movies. Okay, so Titan here's... A. That was amazing. Here's the thing. is Titan A.E., in a subtle way, was him continuing, you know, sort of continuing the Pirates of Dark Water, but, you know, in a space setting, that kind of storyline. So while they wouldn't green light, you know, Pirates continuing, he tried to have that same kind of feel in Titan A.E. I'd have to see it again, because it seems right, but I haven't seen it since it came out. Yeah, dude, that's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, his, yeah, no, his crew is really strong. Honestly, it had Matt Damon, Drew Barrymore, uh, Nick, I want to say Nathan Lane. That sounds right. Yeah, Nathan Lane, Bill Pullman, John Leguizamo, and uh, Janine Garofalo. Man, you got one of those memories, Dan. That's amazing. I love all, I just know my actors and actresses. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh gosh. 
But yeah, no, like I said, I'm hoping. Like I said, I'm hoping that it comes back as an HD video game, and it, you know, and oh yeah, Turtles in Time, Super uh, Ninja Turtles, yeah, um, four, Turtles in Time. That's gonna be again an HD remake. Nice, that's the one I love. I love that one. I also love the arcade game. Oh yeah, oh the arcade game. Oh gosh, classic. That's what it is. Turtles in. I thought that's what Turtles in Times was. No, the, the okay. So it's Ninja Turtles. The original, I think there's a Turtles uh, arcade game is immediately after that, then it goes into 2, 3, 4. Wow. Um, so uh, the last thing I'll say about Pirates of Dark Water, besides the fact it's amazing, um, its premiere was kind of convoluted. Um, so the first five episodes, they aired on Fox Kids, and it was just called Dark Water. When uh, it ended and it was successful, Warner, or Hanna-Barbera took the rights back, uh, re-edited, and then revoiced a lot of the stuff. So that's why you don't hear uh, Roddy McDowell in the episode I just watched. Um, they had right. re-edited his voice out and replaced it with Frank Welker. The um, complete first season, which included the miniseries, aired on ABC. But then the second season, which is much shorter, aired um, back on Fox, but as a block called The Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, so and then of course it ran on Cartoon Network for years. Okay, yeah, and as far as Pirates of Dark Water, I mean, it's kind of like what they did with Dragon Ball Z after Dragon Ball uh, new. That's uh, they got like new owners and the actors and like some of the parts because I know up until like you know Vegeta up until like you know after Goku landed on Namek and the Funimation took over and then just pretty much revoiced everybody. They even gave a certain voice actor multiple parts. So you can kind of tell it was them, and it was a lot cheaper. But yeah, <clears throat> like I said, I'm hoping if they do bring this back, I hope George Newbern will be involved, as will all the other original voice actors and actresses. Well, they're all still I alive, I believe, except Roddy McDowell. Of course, they replaced him, so you just use Frank Walker again. I believe Hector Elizondo is still alive, but they also replaced him with Jim Cummings. So it just depends who's available. Yeah, you got to get the you got to get George Newbern, but I'm sure he they can get him. Yeah, they would. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it was a fantastic series, isn't it? Yeah, I was really enjoying it. Um, you know, every once in a while, like you'll suggest a show I have no idea about. Like I struggled through Sky Surfers, I have to say, <laughs> but this one I had no problem whatsoever. Well, I love the concept of Sky Surfers. I mean, fucking cars that morph into like jetpack surfboards and with missiles on them. <laughs> who could? Who would? Who would not want that shit? Yeah, I know Californians. I know surfers would. All right, so I'll say this, the last words um, about the show. Yes, I'm going to finish the show. It was great. I hope they continue it. Um, I have to thank the people who voted on the show. We had a contest, and we're going to do another one. Um, the contest was between this and... Biker I have Mice from Mars. Biker Mice from Mars. I don't know why I had amnesia all of a sudden. And it was almost unanimous. I think there was two votes for Biker Mice from Mars, but nonstop, just people have so much love for the show. I mean, there, there's no reason why we, sh- we shouldn't do it. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, hands down. I mean, I, I was planning on doing this anyway. It didn't matter what short. Yeah, that's true. But I always want to test. You don't want to do an episode. Well, we kind of do whatever we want, but we do also want to know if it's going to get any listeners. I mean, we're not making money off this, but at the same time, you want to make sure you're not doing it for no reason. Um, so, I mean, we'll probably do this again, but uh, if you want to catch any of the older episodes, just look it up on retrorocket.weebly.com. We're on Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment. And we're probably going to do one more fantasy episode. I'm not sure what we'll do that next, but um, do, do you have an idea? Do you have another show you want to do immediately? Um, I do want to do, let's see, uh, there is DuckTales. 
We're going to save that for November. November's going to be all Disney months, so we'll do that. We'll do Darkwing Duck, uh, Rescue Rangers. October is all Halloween monster-oriented cartoons. Skeleton Warriors. Oh, Skeleton Warriors. That's perfect for Halloween. Okay, we'll do that then. Um, But we have one more. We'll just... uh, We'll let you know on Facebook what episode we'll do next. But we should probably stay in the fantasy fantasy realm. I am trying to I'm thinking I am trying to think of a fantasy one, but there uh, it'll come back to me later. All right, we'll let you know on Facebook what our next episode will be or maybe we'll let you vote if we have uh, more than one that pops in our head. All right, have a good I'm night. Saying, this is Michael signing right. off. Good night and don't forget to drink your rum. Arr. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Arr. No, it's L. What? You're so racist. You're anti-pirate. I'm a, I'm a bigot. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Set sail for adventure. The Pirates of Dark Water. Now, board the race with Ren and his stallion crew as they search for the treasures of rule. But beware. Treasures no good to a dead man. Bloth and his wicked pirates are on the attack. So the race is armed for battle with a boulder-hurling catapult. A power blast harpoon and a mainsail glider. You're sunk, The pirates of dark water. He's so separately. special edition with Freakazoid, one I've been waiting for for a while. I'm Michael, your host. And I'm Jacob. No nickname for today. Nope. Jacob is my co-host. He's usually uh, my regular co-host. Every once in a while, you'll have a special guest pop in and out. But it's good to talk to you. Uh, if it sounds a little odd, we're doing this through Skype. Uh, hopefully, it won't cut out on us. But you never know. Yeah, I know. With all this damn interference. Well, ever since the from this that I cannot talk about. My house. <laughs> yeah, well, ever since the earthquake, things have been weird. Uh, if you don't know, Jacob is from Napa. That's where we started the show. I was a dick and I moved away. But apparently I moved away in time because they had a massive earthquake, which is screwing up the internet. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So that's a bummer. I know, but my house is still standing and my PS4 is still not, bro- is not broken, so we're good. Yeah, but you lost your TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we did get a new TV for the front room. That's a bummer. <laughs> But uh, hopefully it's a better TV. That's the only thing you really hope for. Too bad. I mean, did oh. they, did uh, was there any way to cover that for the earthquake, or did they not recognize that kind of thing? Uh, no, they looked for structural damage, which was kind of bullshit. Yeah. All right. That's a bummer. Okay. Well, I guess we can just hop into the episode. If you... it's all of them, it's a smart TV. What? I said it's a smart TV. Oh, you sound like an alien all of a sudden. It's like like distorted uh, words. Yeah. <laughs>
It's a connection story. All right. Uh, so if you have not listened to Back yeah. in Tunes, what we do is we watch the first episode, which, uh, what's the name of the first episode again? Danger Doom or something? Uh, which one did we do? We're doing the first episode, remember? Oh, Dance of Doom, yes. Dance of Doom, I said that wrong. I said Danger Doom, which is a band. Um, Dance of Doom, we could not find this on YouTube. We found it on VO. Uh, if you head on to VO, you can find the first episode there, incomplete, uh, hopefully with very few ads. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and start now. The whipping I love that. I will say, you can already tell, I mean, if you don't, if you never saw the shorts, that would appear after specific, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, cartoons. Freakazoid would come out, you can already tell he's like the zany, wacky, ridiculous, uh, superhero. Who, yes, he saves the girl, but he doesn't always get her because he's a lunatic. And he, and he just drives people insane. Which I enjoy. You know what's funny is a lot of people think that this was a, a parody, or not a parody, a ripoff of Madman, which was a popular comic at the time by Mike Allred. I remember reading it, but I don't think it's that close to being a ripoff. I think I, even even uh, uh, the Paul Dini or Bruce Tim, one of them admitted to the fact that it was inspired by Madman. But I see it as more of a parody of Shazam or like Firestorm, where they would like the kind of the nerdy guy, and then they would just do something special and turn into this other persona. That's what I was thinking. It was definitely a parody. Well, I thought he was more of a parody of Flash, because, you know, he always runs around at super speed. Well, I, I but, see it as Shazam, just because they're completely different. The Flash was always the Flash. I mean, it was Barry Allen or Wally West, and it never changed. He was always the same person. Yes. But as far as it goes for... Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, when he says freak out, he turns into a freakazoid. And, you know, when, sh you know, Captain Marvel says Shazam, he becomes, you know, Captain Marvel. A am I wrong? Shazam from now on. You remember Etrigan the Demon? Yes. He does. He always rhymes. Does Does he change too? I can't remember. Was he a human and he would do something he would change into the demon? Yes. He would, he would say a rhyme and he'd become the demon Etrigan. That was like its own little kind of like group, and only a few people kind of had that thing where they become like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. But that's that's the thing I think behind Freakazoid is that it's really inspired by that style of superhero. Yeah, it is. That, and I mean, as far as the humor goes, I feel like I'm watching something, a uh, little bit of Robin Williams, but this is like a kid's cartoon, and, you know, it taken, you know, taken off after, it, it would appear as a short in between like Animaniac segments. And Peaky and the, you know, something like Peaky and the Brain. It, <clears throat> it would have to be on style with that. Yeah, I didn't even know that uh, they were interstitials or shorts or whatever you want to call them. I thought it premiered, you know, um, full on as, you know, the half hour episode uh, from the beginning. And if I remember correctly, and I may be doing this wrong, uh, for some reason I get Earthworm Jim and Freakazoid, like, when it aired, uh, confused. But um, I believe... Freakazoid aired like early Sunday, like like seven PM Sundays, and then it would go into something yeah. else. There would be reruns throughout the weekdays, and it would appear after uh, Animate EX, and um, it would also appear alongside uh, Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, that whole block. Well, I mean, Warner Brothers was in a renaissance. They helped change cartoons in the eighties with them and Disney. But I believe Beetlejuice was that first full-on, like decent production, unique vision. Yeah. You know, uh, really solid scripts. And then, of course, Batman really nailed it out of the park. And then Warner Bros. Oh, yes. uh, Tiny Toons. Oh gosh, yes, those are all those are all fantastic. 
I don't remember. I feel like Steven Spielberg only did about four cartoons for Warner Brothers. Uh, it was Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs, um, Freakazoid, and I think he did like Hysteria or something like that. It wasn't very successful. No, I don't remember Hysteria, but as I do want to say that this part that you know just Freakazoid had there was a little uh, a little Batman cameo because you know it being the same studios, right? And the same kind of animation. And it's also, these are the same animators who did, you know, the Superman TV series as well. Well, um, this was originally uh, Bruce Timm and Paul Dini, the guys behind the Superman and the Batman animated series. They were hired to do this as a serious production. But through time, you know, Steven Spielberg wanted more humor. Um, and Harry Connick High School. I never noticed that the first time I watched this. There's a lot of, like, little gags here and there. Yeah, there um, are, dude. There's so many gags. Oh, so many, like, uh, little cameos. So Steven Spielberg wanted it to be funnier, so Bruce Timm and Paul Dini stepped aside and let someone else take over, and that's why it's the full-on, like, insanity that it is, and, and better for it. Yeah, indeed, I know. Otherwise, I mean, like I said, I mean, there's only so much you could do with, uh, you know, all the serious stuff, especially, like, you know, Batman the Animated Series and all the action cartoons. But then, they, like I said, you had um, Pinky and the Brain, Animaniacs, it, it, Tiny Toons Adventures, and now this. Which, you know, works. Because the world does need more humor. Yeah. Um, me and my roommate in college, we would make this like, a, a, we would cancel everything we had planned, whatever. And we would come back to the dorm, whatever, and watch this. Uh, we were just huge fans of this and Pinky and the Brain, Animaniacs. And I remember when they rerun this around, two, I want to say 2001, 2002. They would rerun it at about 4 o'clock in the morning on Cartoon Network. And I would stay up sometimes. To watch it, which is insane, because I could have just taped it. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, I had Eastern channels, and I'd stay up all night, and they'd be on at, like, 1 in the morning. Oh, lucky cool. you. Wait, where were you? I was in uh, Oakley, California. Oh. Wait, yeah, you said... No, you, was, uh, oh, you had satellite then, huh? Yep. Okay, that's why yeah, you have I, Eastern times. So I was like, what the hell? Yeah, no, I've, I always lived on the West Coast. Yeah, I lived in Indiana at the time, and we had just regular cable, so... And I remember I trying to get uh, to get every single episode, but Cartoon Network was really sketchy because they would like air them out of order, and then they would skip an episode, or they would air something else. It was, it was really irritating. <laughs> oh gosh, how do you think I was as a kid? I'm like, wait a minute, what was happening next? What happened? Why did I miss it? I can't. <gasps> I if I remember correctly, the first season is pretty much hop in whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, like I said, I mean. Yeah, well, it was a little shifty. That, and they're also making this new time slot called Toonami, which would include all, like, the big action shows and anime shows like Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing, along with, like, some of the other new cool, new stuff they were bringing in. Okay, we, so we were watching it at the same time, because, yeah, I guess because that three-hour difference, I remember the, that they would air that with all those shows. I would have to get through all those, because I don't particularly care for anime. I mean, that automatically alienates a lot of people who are listening to this. <laughs> I'm just well, not a huge fan. But I prefer this style, I like the the classic style. Yeah, I agree with you. But as far as it goes for like some anime, I'm very picky too. Like I said, I only like a certain few. I like Bebop. But, I, mean, I like Appleseed, and that's about it. I like uh, Gundam, the Gundam series, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, there was also uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh my gosh, there, what was Evangelion? That, that one was pretty strippy. Uh, oh gosh, it'll probably come back to me later. Yeah. Um. So, you know what surprised me is that this show this show was only on for two years. I'm really surprised it lasted. 
I mean, even the second season it isn't that long. I don't understand why I showed this, like, this kind of quality, this funny, didn't last. They say they air, uh, Warner Brothers pushed it towards the wrong audience, like little kids, and they should have been airing it at, like, aiming it at, like, college kids and high school kids who would get the humor. Yeah, no, and also, I mean, I got the humor, too. I mean, shit, I grew up watching a lot of Robin Williams and, you know, Jim Carrey and stuff like that. So, you know, my sense of humor was, you know, why they expanded it. I got it immediately. But I think the audience that would really like this are the ones who like Invader Zim, uh, Adventure Time, and, oh, gosh, what other random ridiculous cartoon do people watch? I thought Earthworm Jim, at the same time, they both had the same kind of vibe. Freakazoid was obviously a little nuttier, but they both kind of broke the fourth wall. They had really, like, fast humor. Um, both shows got canceled so fast. Well, this car- well, this cartoon in particular, I, I, to, the way I see it, he's like a kid-version-friendly uh, kid version of Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, totally. But, like, minus the guns and mercenary and blood. And- yeah. But yeah, the irreverent fourth wall breaking, the humor—it's—it's it's spot on. I think maybe maybe cost too much. Maybe the the names behind this was too expensive, and that's why Warner Brothers couldn't keep it going. Oh gosh, yeah, that's probably that was probably it too. <laughs> I mean, some of the jokes in here too, especially talking about Cave Guy. You know, he's like this giant brute, and then he's this intellectual. I'm subscribed to the New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, he's a parody. <laughs> I'm almost certain he's a parody of Solomon Grundy. Yes, he is. No, I saw that immediately. But <laughs> like an exact opposite too. Like if there if there was a matchup, maybe Cave Guy would win. But then again, Solomon Grundy is a zombie. Yeah, you can never but, stop Solomon Grundy. So yeah, unless you bash his head in, I mean, you know, he's a zombie. That's how they die. So the voice of Freakazoid um, is kind of an accidental casting. One of the production guys was just doing it as a fill-in while they still looked around for the right voice. You know, just so they could see what the production was going to be like. And then Spielberg watched the first episode with that person's voice, which is Paul Rugg, not Paul Rudd, which I confused it in the beginning. It's Paul Rugg. Um, And Steven Spielberg said the voice was fine, so they just stayed with it. I know, and I thought it was perfect, but it sounds wonderful. He sounds so familiar. I'm not sure where else I heard that He voice. hasn't really done a whole lot of voice work. He is actually more of a technical guy. He was a uh, writer on Freakazoid, the Kung Fu Panda show, Animaniacs. He is a developer and writer of that new Pac-Man series, which apparently has a good following. I have yet to see an episode of it, but it ha- it's it's getting a good following. Wow. Um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Let's like, see. Just, like, it was kind of like, kinda like a, the guy who created a Repo of the Genetic Opera. He was just a storyboard artist, but then he came up with his own idea, and he started out with the play, and then there was the, you know, the, the film that had, a, oh gosh, he played a Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And he also was in uh, he was in the Office, the UK version. Wait, are we talking about Anthony Stewart Head? Keep forgetting his, huh? Are we talking about Anthony Stewart Head, Giles from Buffy? Yes, yes, he was in Repo the Genetic Opera. I know he's in it, but are you saying that he was all that stuff, or are you just saying that he was in it? I'm saying that he was in Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think you said he created it, and he was working on others. I oh, was never mind. Sorry, I got confused for a second. Oh, no, a storyboard artist uh, created it, and then he got someone like him to star in that movie. That oh, was awesome. gotcha. Um, so I'm looking up the voices uh, that Paul Rugg did. You did you ever play EverQuest two? No. Okay, never so he, yeah, he did a bunch of voices in that. Um, other than that, he really hasn't done much. He did a couple characters like Pinky and the Brain, Scooby-Doo, Toonsylvania. Oh, Toonsylvania, not Hysteria. Toonsylvania is the other one that Spielberg did, I think. 
Transylvania. No way. I remember that now. Wait, Hysteria is a cartoon. See, I, I have to say this. For about five or six years after, I think Freakazoid and Earthworm Jim were the last cartoons I really watched in the 90s. And then I didn't start watching cartoons again until um, I started watching Adult Swim. So I right. there's a lot of cartoons that I missed out on. Yeah, there's there was quite a few. Also, I do want to say, I think some of the jokes in this. I mean, every time, <laughs> every time I see them or hear them, I just can't help but laugh. I mean, this creepy guy with like you know that stopwatch that turns beavers into gold. I'm like, that's it. What <laughs> <laughs> kind of shit is that? I, I, love when, I, I just love when Freakazoid yells at him later. You know what's funny uh, is I knew that Ed Asner plays, uh, you know, the officer that helps him out, but I didn't realize that yeah. Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson does voices. Yeah, he does the uh, Scottish. I think the one who is Scottish um, uh, mentor. Wow, I didn't. Even, I got to watch some more of this. I haven't seen this in probably about ten years. Um, I didn't realize that Craig Ferguson did any voice work, which is awesome because I love that guy. Oh, I know. I love Craig Ferguson. He has his own late night show. He's hilarious. He's retiring. Awesome. Was too. She did a. She did one of the, the girls. Uh, his uh, female interests. Who? Uh, Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. She oh, played. oh, yeah. Wait, she oh, did voice work for this cartoon. Tim Curry also did a voiceover for one character. David Warner, he uh, who plays his biggest villain, the Low. I love David Warner is amazing, but did he pass on? Oh, I, I think he's still around. No, oh, I haven't seen him in a long time. He did a bunch of great B movies in the eighties and nineties, and then I just haven't seen him since. He was also Sark and uh, in and Edward Dillinger in Tron. Oh yeah, that's right. And wasn't he in one he, of the uh, the Star Trek movies? I want to say Star Trek Six. He was in a bunch of them. I think he was in Star Trek Five. He was the ambassador for Earth on that plant, that desert planet. And then he was in episode. Then he was in Part Six. He was the Klingon ambassador that got assassinated. I remember also he was in uh, Waxworks. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where Zach Galligan from Gremlins goes into uh, Wax Museum, and if you go past the ropes or whatever, you end up in that world. Like, say it's a werewolf display, you end up in the world of the werewolf or the vampire. And if that werewolf killed you, it was able to come into our world. So all the monsters were coming out. It's a crazy, crazy concept. That is pretty cool. I, would, I will definitely have to watch that. The second one's much better, especially for the Bruce cameo or Bruce Campbell part. He has a like a ten twenty minute sequence in there that just kills me. <laughs> nice, yeah. Also, I think David Warner. I remember him in a movie about uh, uh, vampires. Like, there's this one guy falls in love with a vampire. He hunts down oh. the vampires, but he beca- but David Warner becomes a vampire in the end. Is it Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat? Is Bruce Campbell in it? I don't think Bruce Campbell's in it. I think David Warner is like this, becomes this like, you know, self, self-righteous, self you know, vampire hunter. Because this teen, his girlfriend's a vampire. His girl, his girl he meets ends up making him a vampire. And it turns out becomes his girlfriend, but then she gets killed. I, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I'll look it up later. That sounds cool. I'm pretty sure, though, that's the movie I was talking about, but... Uh, so I want to say something about the theme song. The theme song is one of the best parts of the show. You know, the humor is great, but the theme song really catches you. It makes you feel like that you have a little bit of Freakazoid inside of you. Everybody has a little bit of Freakazoid in them. Um, but it was written It was written by Richard Stone, who was known for doing a lot of theme songs and music for cartoons at that time. Tiny Toon Adventures, SWAT Cats, Animaniacs, uh, Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, and so like that. Oh, 
yeah, Sylvester Tweedy Mysteries. Well, here's a weird coincidence. He did music for that movie we were just talking about, Sundown, The Vampire, and Retreat. Uh, That's okay. weird. That could be it. I have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. No, this part, I mean, uh, honestly, when it, this, that scene that was leading up to the, that's leading up to the prawn, you know, the Dance of Doom, tri- pretty much a whole tribute to, like, the classic 1950s uh, horror movie trailers. Yeah. I was expecting Vincent Price to just pop out and start narrating it. I am Vincent Price. I am Vincent Price. And tonight, we are going to walk, you are going to be watching horror and amazement at the Dance of Doom. <laughs> a terrible Vincent Price impression. Yeah, mine was pretty awful, too. You know who does a really great one is uh, Dana Gould. Probably one of the best comedians that no one's ever heard of. Uh, it's just insanely good impersonations when it comes. And I don't like comedians that do impersonations. What? Does he also do Peter Laurie? No, uh, he just does two really solid impersonations of Don Knotts being a stalker. And Vincent Price at a club trying to hit on people. Oh, she's digging the price there. <laughs> We're so off subject right now. You have to hide me. You me. Um, so, you know what's funny is, this was on for two seasons, but it's only 24 episodes. You gotta stop talking, Jacob. <laughs> it was only on for two seasons, but only 24 episodes. I don't understand why so few episodes were created. Were they that expensive? Were they that unsure? Uh, they're probably that unsure, and they had, like, so much going on, especially with Batman and Superman trying to cross over, which is what they would eventually try to do. I guess they just put all their money in that. Yeah, and then they had Static Shock, and there was Yu-Gi-Oh! There was so much going on. I don't remember... Like all these, and don't forget, Pokemon was was uh, hitting the airwaves. So they were going. They only had like so much time and so much... So much uh, too, especially with... Uh, Michael. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking... I was trying to look up Tom Ruger. Uh, you know how Paul Dini and Bruce Tim they dropped out, and then... Uh, uh, Tom Ruger stepped in, and I was trying to see what else he created, and I guess he was the head writer on Animaniacs and Tiny Toon Adventures, so then he took over this. And you can definitely see there's a whole lot of that kind of flavor going on here. Sorry, I was reading for a second. No, it's okay. I get lost, too, when I read. But damn it, man, don't, don't, get, don't wander too far, otherwise I'd never be able to find you. Don't go where I can't follow. So, they, I didn't realize they released... I thought they released Freakazoid on DVD in one set. They separated them, which seems kind of stupid because since it's only 24 episodes... Yeah. yeah. Just put it all at once. Yeah. Probably to make more Gosh. money. That's true. But yeah, no, honestly, I mean, I would love to see... I would, I would, I would actually buy that box set of Freakazoid. I'd like it that much. It would also give me... It would also give you some inspiration, especially for writing like a supporting, wacky kind of character. Well, you know, they're having a convention. They're going to have a Freakazoid convention next year to celebrate the 20th anniversary, so maybe Warner Brothers will cook something up then. Holy shit, really? There's going to be an actual convention yep. dedicated to Freakazoid? Yep, and I think it's going to be in California, and it's just, I don't know if it's going to be part of something else, or that's going to be it. Freakazoid, I can't imagine, unless it's like a Kickstarter raising, you know, where they can get the money together to do it. I don't know if Warner Brothers is going to pay for it, or they're, the, the creators are going to get together and do it. I would. I'd love to meet the creators. Hey, did you ever read Scud the Disposable Assassin or play the game? Which one? Scud the Disposable Assassin. No, but that sounds really funny. Uh, I believe it's from the yeah, it's from the co-creator of Community, 
And um, basically, it's about a robot. In the future, robots are hired, but they're like in machines. Like literally, like the way you get a, a can of Coke or a bag of chips. You just put your money oh. in or whatever, and a robot pops out of the, uh, the little machine. And then it has an assignment. It has to kill something. But then Scud, he realizes in a reflection on his back that says once mission is complete, he will explode. Well, Scud doesn't want to die. So he just maims his target over and over and over again. And then he goes on other random missions. But the thing is completely batshit insane. And I always thought that'd be a good, like, if you put three cartoons together, this, Earthworm Jim, and Scud, they'd be like the most chaotic cartoon ever. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough, you know, oh my god, yeah. But yeah, here, uh, what I like the freak is always <laughs> just how he deals with that one creep with the uh, beaver watch. <laughs> he just screams at him, no, you're a stranger, you're a creep, you leave those beavers alone, get out of here, go get coffee and cream. Were they too, were they too angry beavers? No, they weren't angry beavers, they were just nice. They were uh. just sitting there, eating their wood, just in the pet shop, and then bam, he just turns them into gold. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> and so Freaky's story just screams at him and yells at him, I'm like, good, no, bully him bully him for doing for hurting those poor beavers you know it's funny is i feel like cartoons needed this kind of reaction in the 90s you know the silly irreverent you know with ren and stimpy and beetlejuice uh and you know the whole series of warner brothers cartoons it's almost as if he needed it because um in the 80s i would say comedy uh the cartoons that were geared towards being funny were not funny whatsoever they're so generic so lame and then the action shows are so overboard commercial. You know, they're just advertising toys. Pretty much, yeah. It's it, Cartoons but, needed no, it. I mean, this is like, like, I, like you said, I mean, especially with the sitcom dying, everything's just coming reality. We need something like Freakazoid to come back. Especially. You know, I wonder if part of the reason that Freakazoid never really took off is because, as far as I can tell, they did nothing to promote it when it came to merch. There was no toys, there's no shirts, there was no comic books. Exactly. I know, I never saw any of that either. Um, I, I was kind of surprised. And maybe if they did push some app, uh, merchandise, it would have probably got, you know, kept the budget going at least two or three more seasons. You know what? We should go see if they have Freakazoid t-shirts and wear them around and see if people remember. Maybe we can get the word around. Maybe we can relaunch the show. I mean, that, that was, I didn't mean it literally like that because that sounds arrogant as hell. But I mean, you know, uh, get the word around. You know, people start talking about it again. And this convention's coming up. Maybe they can do uh, like a movie, like a direct-to-video movie or something for Cartoon Network. Bring it back. Exactly. Now, of the cartoons we talk about, there are very few of them that I feel like they could still stand up today. Pirates of Dark Water is one of those that could come back and be a full series again. Same thing with Freakazoids. Shows that were canceled before their time. And Peter Pan and the Pirates. You can go ahead with that one. I'm okay with that show, but it's not one that I'm like, yeah, this looks awesome. <laughs> I was okay with it. Uh, there's a few episodes I think that, you know, like, I was like, oh, well, I, there's a certain audience for it. I'm not that audience, but I get why it has appeal. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure but, someone out there is like, Freakazoid's annoying. I don't get it. But then there's some people who are hardcore fans. I think he's just absolutely brilliantly, insanely hilarious. I, I'll, I'll take this over yeah, dead serious cartoons back, any day. This, and they're also trying to bring back Biker Mice from Mars. Didn't it, didn't it already come back, Biker Mice from Mars? Yeah, overseas in 2006, but not here. Oh, it never aired here? I wonder why. I wonder why Biker Mice from Mars is more popular there than it is here. Is it a British production? I believe so. I think it was Canadian. Oh, what we'll to look that up. You know what's funny is, you remember a couple weeks ago, we allowed uh, the fans to pick 
the next episode, we had Biker Mice from Mars or Pirates of Dark Water, and they chose Pirates, but a lot of people still said they would be interested in Biker Mice from Mars. You want to you try to do one someday? Well, do yeah, we could do one someday soon. That's another cartoon that I've never seen before. And then I think for a little while we might have to steer into some 80s cartoons that I actually know something about. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, honestly, these are the ones I know about. But like I said, I was only a little kid and I couldn't really remember it as much. But I do know, but I do remember like where it got its start. Yeah. And just how absolutely brilliant it is. Um, yeah, of the 80s cartoon or uh, 90s cartoons, I would say I probably watched every single one of the Warner Brothers cartoons up until this point. And then it was kind of scattershot after that. They were it for me. They were number one. I kind of watched Disney here and there, but it was Warner Brothers for me. Yeah. I mean, Disney, I mean, as far as the 80s went, uh, it had DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, and I think there was also Darkwing Duck. What was the other one? Uh, Darkwing Duck was the last one that I watched before I moved on because I I didn't really like the... uh, They were just doing cartoons based on the movies after that, and I wasn't really that interested. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there was Aladdin, there was also Young Hercules and all that. Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, of course. All those little spin-offs. So I guess that's it for me on Freakazoid. I, I'm definitely going to sit here and probably watch some more episodes after we shut off. <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to do, too. I think it definitely needs to make a comeback. It's like Bruce Tim. Honestly, like I said, I mean, especially with how the kids are these days, I mean, a lot of them like Invader Zim and all that shit. I think it can have a, a bigger, an even bigger following. Like, my little brother and sister would love this shit. Yeah, comedy has changed too. People's perception of how things can be done um, at the time, Freakazoid is probably probably pretty radical. But now it'd be accepted as kind of like you know, you know, something that everybody could kind of get into. Yes, I think so. But yes, that, I mean that is very random, and it's just kind of like you know, from subject to subject really quickly. All right, so but yeah, uh, I, I guess mean, I, it does. Come- there was no, there's not really any merchandising for it. Like no dolls, no action figures, no play. And no Halloween costumes. I, mean, shit, I would have went off Freakazoid Halloween costume. Hell, just just me being a weird child enough as it is, I would have been perfect. How about a video game where you get to step into the role of Freakazoid and just being like completely insane? I'd play that. I would fucking play that. I'd it- probably love it. It would just be a spoof of video games. Every convention that you're used to in games, he would just play in in that world and just completely deconstruct it. And he'd like talk to you. He'd break the fourth wall of video gaming. <laughs> it's kind of like kind of like what the Deadpool game did, except the Deadpool game. Well, honestly, if Freakazoid were to make a game, I want to. I'd want it to be a game where I could play over and over and over, even after getting all the shit. Because as soon as I was done with the Deadpool game, I I just. I mean, I got all that. I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. There's nothing else that's replayable. Like, there's no cool boss fights. Nothing. So at least it has to be, like, constantly replayable. That's a bummer about Deadpool. I didn't know that. I was planning on playing that. I just haven't got around to it yet. It's it's it, it's it's worth 20 bucks. I'll say that. Okay. Maybe we'll get it on a good deal if you, you download it from Steam or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, that, that's pretty much all I have to, uh, left to say of Freakazoid. Okay. So, um... Thank you, everybody, who's been supporting us lately. Our numbers have been jumping. I can't believe the reception we got for Pirates of Dark Water and uh, Peter Pan and the Pirates. Apparently, we just need to do cartoons about pirates. Are there more? <laughs> I think there might be one other. Actually, you know what? Uh, the Littles got a good uh, reception, too. Not so much for Brave Star, which I was really surprised by. No one really gave a shit about Brave Star. I thought it had a good following. It's an awesome cartoon. Oh, I think it is, too. But, yeah. Um... 
There was one as a Mutant League Now. Mutant League Football? Yeah, that one. They made a cartoon based off that video game. Oh. What does that do with pirates? Or are you just saying that? No, I'm just thinking of I'm just thinking of cartoons. We could do that one for Halloween. Oh. You know, yeah, so uh, just to let the people know, we are doing an entire month of Halloween or monster-oriented cartoons for October. And then uh, November, we're going to be doing all the Disney cartoons. We're going to be doing Tailspin. We're going to be doing DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, and stuff like that for the month. And after that, I think we might just leave December up to the to the people. Maybe we'll yeah. present a list and they choose. I do want to say, uh, creepy. I think we could do Creepy Crawlers. We should do the Creepy Crawlers and Skeleton Warriors for Halloween. Yeah, we'll definitely do Skeleton Warriors. I didn't know Creepy Crawlers. I never even heard of that. Yeah, there was a huge toy line of it. Yeah, so we have the first episode in the bank. Um, It's going to be airing in the first week of October. It's Teen Wolf. Uh, If you never saw Teen Wolf, it was on for a couple seasons. Of course, it's based on the original movie, not that new, you know, dreadful Twilight-style TV show. Um, Fucking MTV. Yeah. And then we're going to be doing uh, Charlie Brown Halloween, you know, Great Pumpkin Halloween. Or, I can't say it right, damn it. Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Yeah, if anybody else has any suggestions, I think we're going to do a Scooby-Doo. I think we're going to do the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, which is the most maligned of the whole series. What? 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yes, and uh, if anybody else has any opinions on what they we should do for October, uh, send it on over to... Uh, RetroRocketEntertainment.Weebly.com And we're also up on Facebook under the same thing RetroRocketEntertainment And let us know what you want us to do And we'll uh, consider it uh, I guess this is Michael signing off this is, this, is, this is Jacob signing off Stay freaky Stay freaky, freak of me, freak of you Good night Evildoers. Introducing Super Stretching Superhero Stretch Armstrong. Yes, Stretch Armstrong. Now stretching fun farther than ever before. He bends, he stretches, even ties and knots, but always returns to his original shape. How's he do that? He's been doing that since he was a kid. Stretch Armstrong from Cap Toys. Who else? Welcome, everybody, to Back in Tunes, the little special edition. I am Michael, your host. I'm Ron Millington. He's my guest of the week. Uh, we're basically, if you have never seen Back in Tunes, never seen, that'd be kind of hard to do if it's a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I just woke up. Um, if you have not listened to Back in Tunes, basically what we do is we watch the first episode of the cartoon. Um, there is a link on YouTube. You can find the first episode. It's called Beware the Hunter. And we basically just chit-chat about the series as the episode's playing. So if you want to find it right now, go ahead and pause this, and we'll begin.
All right, so for me, I I remember watching this, but I don't think I watched it a ton. I think I was more like towards the action-oriented stuff. I know my sister watches this a lot, but um, I almost have complete amnesia to this whole story. Well, for the most part, I'm the same way, but I watched a lot of cartoons growing up, so I had a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you watch more like these family-oriented ones? I don't know if I want to call it family-oriented, but you know how the cartoons kind of split themselves up? There's usually, like, the girl ones, where it was, like, Strawberry Shortcake, Rainbow Bright. Um, right. Then there was, like, the guys, G.I. Joe, Transformers. But then there was that middle ground where boys and girls and maybe even parents could watch it. It was, like, the Littles, Shirt Tales. Uh, yeah, maybe... What's that? Shirt Tales. Watch those a lot. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably Care Bears is a little more family-oriented, where it can be on both sides. Right. Did you, did you watch, like, everything, or were you, like, more... I was more, like, the guy cartoons. I watched a little bit of everything. I did watch a lot of the guy cartoons, but uh, with two sisters in the house, you tend to watch other stuff, too, so... Yeah. yeah I do remember specifically watching a lot of She-Ra, but other than that, I don't recall yeah. watching... I think me and my sister would just go in other directions for our cartoons. I know She-Ra is meant to be more girl-oriented, but I guarantee more guys watch that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's direct link to He-Man helps. Right, right. Wow. I uh, I never noticed anybody ever use a VCR in a cartoon before. <laughs> or video games. <laughs> this is weird. The animation is quite good. Um, it, it, yeah. it, it is obviously made over in Japan because of, like, you can usually tell, like, the shadowy effects and the colors... They just had a very specific way of doing it, but there's something also, it seems slightly like it has a, a European influence in its design, like the character design. See, I was wondering that in the audio, there's a lot, a lot of rush lines that you get a lot of uh, with the dub cartoons. Yeah. In fact, I think this is actually from, there's like a German-Dutch company that has some sort of hand in developing this. Um, oh, it was, it was, well, it was post-produced by a Canadian company. Oh, oh, here it is. It goes, um, French-American-Canadian company. Oh, I didn't realize, Deke. Do you remember seeing Deke Entertainment? Yep. So it's hard to say that. A lot that. of the stuff we watched. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did Inspector Gadget. I think you're right. And, and you know what? The look is kind of similar to Inspector Gadget. Let me look that up. Now, I remember Dinky being my favorite. Yeah, to me, I, I remember the look of this, but I don't remember anything about the plot. Oh, I remember they, they did Heathcliff as well. Sweet. Do you remember that cartoon? Oh, definitely. Nobody talks about Heathcliff anymore. I remember during the 80s, Heathcliff and Garfield were pretty neck and neck in popularity, and then just Garfield completely took over. Right. Alright, so yeah, it's based on a series of books by John Peterson. There was a couple dozen by him, and then he licensed out the rights to the show. Um, and then after the show took off, there were a bunch of other adaptations, but more connected to, like, the cartoons. So, like, the writing staff of the cartoon would do some of the books. The show, I it says it was on for three seasons and 29 episodes, which seems like a really low amount of episodes. Just surprised. Well, yeah, for three seasons, that's kind of what I was thinking. Because we, we just did a commentary track for Peter Pan and the Pirates. That was only on for one year, but they did 65 episodes. It's funny the difference between what wow. aired 
what aired during the weekday, you know, like after school, and then what aired on Saturday. Saturday shows always seem like a much lower amount. Right. And I remember there was a movie called Here Come the Littles, like that was took place after. Well, it, it took place. It took place before the first episode, but it was released after the series was over with. Yes, I believe there are two movies that came out of this. So I was reading all that earlier. Oh yeah, I've never seen. I've only ever seen the cartoon. I don't. It was called. Um, I think it was actually a special. I'm not sure if it was a full-on movie. It's called Liberty and the Littles. Oh, you know what? I remember now. Do you remember um, Storybook, ABC Storybook Special? It would always air yes. on Saturdays with OG Reed Moore as a host. Yes, watch the, him. Liberty and the Littles was one of those movies. Isn't that where we saw Bungie for the first time? Yeah, Bungie! Yes. Which also, I believe, is the voice of Glomer from Punky Brewster. Hello, Punky! Yes. <laughs> You know what the weird thing is? They would call them movies. They would split them up in like three short episodes. I don't know if their intention was to release it internationally as one movie, but yeah, Liberty and the Littles, Littles was three half-hour episodes, like completely linked. I guess technically that's a movie, but it's more like a miniseries. Wonder if they did that on purpose to stretch it out, or that's just the only way they could get it on the air. Yeah, oh, like they made it as a movie, but it didn't do very well, and they decided instead just to cut it up. I remember they did that with something else. I want to say they did it with the G.I. Joe movie. Because I don't think that was in theaters. I think they cut it up and aired it on TV and then later released it on video. That's one thing I don't remember watching. G.I. Joe? Oh, I love watching G.I. Joe. I don't remember the movie, though. Oh, oh yeah, it wasn't. I don't remember it being very good. <laughs> There was a lot of those kind of movies in the 80s, like these smaller companies were releasing um, animated versions, or uh, movies of all these animated cartoons. I remember there was a Care Bears, Transformers, Brave Star, uh, I want to say there was, of course there was the She-Ra, Secret of the Sword movie. But that was the one that they crossed over with He-Man, right? Right. Right. The funny thing, The Littles made like $7 million, and I think it was released by Atlantic Releasing, but I don't remember it all when I was a kid. But back then, they didn't have the same kind of promotion. You know, whenever a movie comes out in theaters, it seems like everybody knows that it's coming out. And for some reason, you know, back then, they just didn't have the same kind of money. Did they release it close to it? Or was it, how long after was it, was it released? The, the Here Come the Littles movie? Yeah. It was immediately after the third season ended. It was during that summer. So I was looking up the cast, and of course there's a lot of obvious names like Frank Welker. He did tons of voices for cartoons. But, right. you know, he like did Galvatron and Megatron. He did Jabberjaw and stuff like that. Probably one of the most famous like voice work guys from that era. But there was one I found interesting. Let me see if I can find it again. Oh, where is it? Alvy Moore. I believe he played Grandpa. He was born in Vincennes. Was he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The listener may not understand why we find that significant, but me and Ron went to college in Vincennes, Indiana, and I think the only famous person they ever talked about was Red Skelton. Am I correct? Red Skelton. That's right. <laughs> Though, uh, who is it again? Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor on Smallville? He uh, was born and raised right outside of Vincennes. Really? Yep. Like in Indiana? 
Yeah, not on the Illinois side. He was, okay. uh, uh, I, I'd have to look it up, but he was born right outside there. Remember, oh wait, you had already graduated. I stayed an extra semester. But when Urban Legend had come out, and he was on the post and everything, they made a big deal about it, and they would say, like, from hometown's own, you know, Michael right. Rosenbaum. I didn't realize he was in that. Yeah, that's his first, like, significant thing. I think he had just done a couple small bit parts before that, but that was the one that kind of broke out for him. And then he did, I want to say he did Sorority Boys, and then he did Smallville. I say Smallville is when I first met it, or not met him, but... <laughs> Well, this is completely off the subject matter, but yeah, if you ever get the chance to see him live, he kills. He totally will steal the show. Who will? Michael Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. Yeah, I went to Comic-Con, and uh, there are some big names there, but it didn't matter. He stole the entire convention. His performance is like a little one-man show. I don't even want to, what do you call it? Where it's like a Q&A session, and he just absolutely just killed it. He didn't let ego get in the way, whereas with Bruce Campbell, it kind of, yeah, he, he's coasting yeah. now. <laughs> There's a Jimmy Keegan. Yeah, he's did the you? voice of Henry Big. He's a drummer for Santana, was a drummer for Santana. That's what I was just looking up too, and then John Waits. But um, he was in a very, uh, uh, like, underground cult band called Spock's Beard. Yeah. I've heard very little snip, little snippets about that band, but not, I don't know much about them. Yeah, I remember like when we were in college that uh, they were kind of going around. Like they were a mystery science theater. Like people who love mystery science theater love Spock's beard. It was that kind of thing. That that, that kind of group. Right. Very devoted cult following, but nothing that like is household name whatsoever. Right. That's a name that I've heard, and maybe that's how I heard it. I don't know, but Jimmy Keegan just. Rolls off the tongue like I've heard it before. Well, I'm sure he did other voice work. I can look it up. Right. Yeah, I was surprised at how many actual child actors they had do voice work. Because, you know, most of these cartoons, they just get someone who has a kid's voice. Right. Uh, what was it? Uh, Simpsons done by a girl. Yeah, like Rugrats. You know, that was yeah. done by a girl. But these are actually kids that are doing the voice. I was watching a movie the other night on Netflix called Behind... No, I Know That Voice. Is it about cartoons? No, it's, well, yeah, yes and no. They do voiceovers, so, uh, so I guess mostly cartoons. Really interesting watch. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up because I didn't know that was, uh, I haven't been on Netflix in a while, though. I've been Huluing it up like a, like a fiend, catch up on all my South Park. (laughs) Well, we gave up on Hulu and went over to Netflix, so. We're the way around. I'm tired of... The, the only thing that annoys me about it is that you have to pay and you still got to sit through commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate that. And it's like every 30 seconds. <laughs> you got more commercial time than you do airtime. So I think it's funny, that thing that he had in his hand, I don't know why, the minute I saw it, I started thinking about Ghostbusters. The, the little, little, the little vacuum de- thing? Yeah, the detector. <laughs> Did you ever uh, read or see The Borrowers? Yeah, that's what I was trying to come up with earlier. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, this is like similar in its style. I mean, it's not a direct ripoff by any means, but right. uh, it is kind of like that same concept. I've read and seen both, and I was wondered. I always wondered if this was based off of that. But apparently, there were books. You know, with '80s nostalgia going around like crazy, I can't imagine that someone hasn't tried to pitch this as a movie. But it's gonna be hard to take them seriously if they got those little teeth. <laughs> 
It'll come off like a Silent Lie What's easier to buy in a cartoon is hard to buy as live action. Right. Well, they can probably Hollywood it up. Take their own spin on it. But... So, Dinky Little, the guy who does Dinky Little, he's been on CSI for like the last 15 years. Yes, I saw him. I was reading that this morning. I didn't realize he did so much voice work. He's also a musician. That's weird that two people out of this already are... No, three people out of this are musicians, right in a row. But Tina Bush is also a singer. Donovan Freeberg. I, I wonder. It, yeah, well, I think he's the son of Stan Freeberg. That's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. Yep. He is... Yeah, his father, yep. Ah, my phone. It's acting up. I hate it when you go to click on something and it just goes completely crazy. And you're like, no, stop doing that. I want to look at something else. <laughs> I, we've got another guest here. My son's awake. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching this show with him? Yes. <laughs> it's definitely the kind of show you could hand down to the next generation, next generation after that. Definitely. Some of the cartoons, though, I watch now, and I'm in pain. I watch it go, what was I thinking? Was I a dumb child? <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. I made that comment the other day about Knight Rider. I'm like, I can still watch shows like The Dukes of Hazzard or what have you, and I, it's still just as cheesy, but I can still watch it. But Knight Rider seemed just something about the Hoth I just can't handle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing that I noticed about Knight Rider now, and I never noticed as a kid, is a lot of those, that first season, they didn't really focus on the car that much. It was more like just yeah. a, 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 and there was a lot of shows like this back then where it was like a, a generic detective cop story, and they just happened to throw in some sort of gimmick. Right. As much right. as I love watching Auto Man, same gimmick. Uh, Manimal. Manimal's garbage, but you love the transformation <laughs> scenes, but it's yes. like, they just seem like scripts that were left over, you know, from yeah. some other cop show. This wasn't good enough for Chips, so let's just do it as a Manimal episode. <laughs> They canceled the show before they could air my my story, so yeah. we'll, we'll give it to these guys. The uh, the yeah, some of the cartoons. This one still holds up pretty well, I think, style wise and story wise. I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna like watch a ton of these episodes later. Uh, some of the shows that I've discovered like while doing this show, um, I'm I'm impressed by. I kind of moved on from cartoons in the mid '90s. I think all I was doing is watching like whatever Warner Brothers was putting out because they had the best. Right. Like the best storylines and best characters and great animation. Right. But like, um, we we did the Mega Man episode and I had never uh, seen a Mega Man episode and I really enjoyed it. Same thing with Peter Pan and the Pirates. So a lot of these shows I've never experienced before, but I'm definitely going to catch episodes later. Sad. 29 episodes. And I can get it on the YouTube for the big TV, so my son will have fun with that. Yeah, and if YouTube isn't your thing, Milk Creek Entertainment did release a complete series with both movies. Um, you can find it probably pretty cheap. Milk Creek isn't like a company that charges a ton of money. Oh, I saw it. Was it the... Uh, maybe I'm seeing things. Was it the complete unedited series? I find, it strange, I find it strange they say the complete unedited series as if they're like controversial things they had to cut out. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, I'm looking at two versions of this on Amazon, I think it was, and both of them said 29 episodes, so I'm wondering what was missing. Um, well, no, I think it's the movies that were missing from the original release. I think Milk Creek is the one that added the two. There might have been music changes, I don't know. 
Ah, here we go. There's a three-disc version and a five-disc version. And the only price I see is new for the five-disc. 400 bucks. What? That can't be right. That's got to be a typo. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see anybody paying $400 for the little... Even like the most hardcore fan. (laughs) But anyway, I click on the three-disc set, and it says... um, Yes, on the case... 29 episodes plus two feature films. So it's the same exact set, just different companies. Like the other one probably just lost the license and someone else picked it up. Right. <laughs> that happens a lot with Amazon cartoons, actually. 12 bucks. What's that? 12 bucks yep. on Amazon. Not a bad deal. Nope. You know, a lot of these cartoons have been repackaged because whoever had the rights went out of business. Like Deke, of course, went out of business, so a lot of their stuff's floating around. Um, the company Filmation, their entire catalog, which is like He-Man, Brave Star, She-Ra, the, the original Ghostbusters, not the real Ghostbusters, you know, those are all like really dirt cheap collector's packs you can get from like Mill Creek or Echo Bridge, I can't remember. But at least they're available to kids. A lot of these cartoons I've been trying to find, I cannot, I mean, not even like a bootleg, uh, episode on YouTube, like, uh, the Back to the Future cartoon, I can't find anything. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, and I, that was a really great one, if I remember right. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd awesome. have to watch it again, but there's a lot of <laughs> stuff we want to do commentaries on, but we can't find episodes of. I mean, we found Teen Wolf, which we're going to do for the Halloween special, right. but there's some stuff I could, uh, I can't even remember. There's one that I really wanted to watch. Um, it was called Wolfman Jack. Uh, it was only 13 episodes, but I remember it being pretty cool, but and I think that was also from Deke, but you can't find it. It's as if it doesn't even exist. All there is is one picture, and that's it. Wolfman Jack, isn't he a DJ? Yeah, but he was on um, he was on the Happy Days cartoon, which was on for a couple years, yeah. and they decided to give him his own spinoff. Sweet. And there was one called Spaghetti and Meatballs, or Meatballs and Spaghetti is about a rock band, and I can't find anything about that either. But it is Give nice. It time. What's that? Yeah, hopefully. But there's also not much of an audience for these shows that only lasted 13 episodes. Littles, you know, of course, has a pretty good cult following. It was on for three years. It had a couple movies. That is something that studios can see repackaging and putting out on DVD. But some of these cartoons, I don't think anybody has any interest whatsoever, which is a bummer. So if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have Auto Man. There's no way. I'd find yeah. That. Yeah, that's hard to find too. If you've never seen Auto Man, that's a hoot. I mean, it, yes, it definitely has aged. Um, but it's like one of those things that was, I, I think it was influenced by Tron. It was a lot of fun. You know, you can watch it with your family. Great effects. Great characters. Funny looking back on it. You, when you sent me that, I watched it. I'm like, 13 episodes, really? Because I could have sworn as a kid there were a million of them. Yeah, because back then you could watch the same thing over and over and over. Right. And I wonder if that's some of the reasoning behind why the Littles and other cartoons that were on for a couple of years are so few episodes. Because um, you could sit through the same thing over and over, whereas now we tend not to do that. Right. You know, it was funny as I was thinking about that, as I was looking up um, that weekend special, the ABC weekend special that this this movie was on. Um, they did a bunch of episodes for the first couple seasons, like 12, 13. But if you look, it was on for like 13 years, but every season it would drop an episode. And by the end, they were only doing three new episodes a season, just rerunning the rest over and over and over. Do you remember, like, uh, which which one did you say, Bungie? Bungie! 
Do you yeah. remember the secret world of Og where they would go underground to find the yes. stuff that was lost under the bed? I remember that one. That was great. Yes. Uh, Miss Switch. She was the teacher that was a witch. Uh-huh. I can't remember any others. I remember, I remember OG Readmore himself had a few specials, but other than that, I think there was a couple sequels to Bungie. Oh, there's Benicula. Benicula. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a book. That was, yeah. yeah, well, most of the after-school specials were our afternoon... Wait, I keep saying the name wrong. There was after-school specials, which were aimed, like, at teenagers. You know, they were, like, ones dealing with problems that kids would face right. every day. And All then right. there was the Saturday... ABC Saturday special, which was mostly based off kid books. I have to look those up. They're really hard to find. I think maybe because uh, different companies would produce them for the you know for ABC. Right. That's why the rights are kind of all over the place. <laughs> but you can find. I was just watching Miss Switch the other day, and uh, I think the Secret World of Og is available. I mean, as much as people complain about YouTube, like, people stealing movies and, like, posting them online, which is illegal, I think there is something kind of nice about the stuff that isn't easily available, the stuff that's out of print, hard to find, that people have tried to save and post on YouTube, so at least its audience can still continue and maybe one day get an official release. That I'm completely in favor for. Right. Just for prosperity's sake, I mean... There's a lot of things out there. What was it? I was was looking for something in particular, and it was no longer in. I mean, like they destroyed the originals. What? The only way you're going to find it is if you found if somebody happened to have recorded it on VHS. Holy moly, what was this? I can't remember what it was. I'll have to look at it or think on that a little bit. That's terrible. Why would you destroy the originals? I know they did that with a lot of the early Doctor Who's. Do you know that they almost erased the Masters for um, Monty Python? Oh, no. Yeah, back then the BBC, uh, they had limited funds, so they would reuse the tapes. So, like, the first, like, dozen seasons of Doctor Who is kind of spotty because uh, the BBC would just reuse the tapes. They would erase the Masters and just use them again. I was wondering about that. I've been catching up on my latest Doctor Who lately, and I've been wondering about the earlier Doctors, if anything was out there. Yeah, some people have found like some people have found like old recorded, like their own personal recorded, or they have found like the original, the original masters were somehow saved. But for the most part, a lot of those episodes are gone forever. That's sad. Nothing, nothing. No matter what it is, no matter how much you like it or hate it, it should ever be lost. Because someone out there wants to see it again, even if it's terrible. They just want to know. Right. Like we watched a we watched a terrible cartoon. There's one episode of Back in Tunes that is completely lost. I and I don't know if we should do it again because the cartoon's so bad. But do you remember Battletoads? Yes. We they did one pilot episode of Battletoads and they released it as part of this like package on USA or something. Right. And we watched it. And it was miserably bad. And somehow I lost the recording of it, but it still exists. Someone out there saved it, so therefore you can see it. You know, judge for yourself whether or not it's garbage. <laughs> oh, wow, there's a lot of Japanese names coming up all of a sudden. <laughs> it's definitely an 80s vibe. Yeah, I like the theme song. It's a lot of fun. Yes. But uh, Saban was part of the comp- part of the production company, and of course they're known for doing uh, Power Rangers a decade later. Right. So I guess that's it for Here Come the Littles. Or not Here Come the Littles, that's the movie. Uh, the Littles. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was the first episode, Beware the Hunter. There's a ton of episodes up on YouTube if you want to see, but if you just want to catch up, like, the whole thing, just grab the package. Like we said, it's pretty cheap for the whole series. It's called The Littles, The Complete Collection. All right, so that's it for me. Anything, any last words you want to say about it? No. I should... uh, all I know is I'll probably going to end up watching the rest of them here. So. Yeah, it's something the whole family can watch together. Definitely. Some of the cartoons back then you were, were obviously like shills for selling toys. This isn't. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> I just can't believe they got away with that. Some of the cartoons I watch now, and you're like, oh my god, this whole thing is just a really long advertisement. There's no story. Right. Why was there a Chuck Norris in the Karate Commandos cartoon? No reason <laughs> except for selling toys. Because I don't remember Chuck Norris having a huge kid following. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's it for us. I'm Michael signing off. And Ron, thanks for having me. All right, everybody have a good night. All right, take care.